When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detail, wash or service, Berwick BMW have all your motoring needs covered. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. Well, that's exactly what we're doing on this Friday afternoon. Oh. As we say, get home, welcome to The Run Home. And a heartfelt thank you to Dwayne Russell for Brilliant a superb work. week. Unbelievable. Every How he keeps churning it out day in, day out is beyond me. He's a master of the craft. Unbelievable. A master, as is Sam Edmund, and as is Kingy and Cornsy. And that's mm-hmm. what that is what you've been dished up today on a superstar all-sporting smorgasbord here on 1116 I like SCN. to call it a sporting extravaganza. Well, it's a very good thing to call it. And now you've got to put up with us. Hey, Andy, May I hey, say Andy. for the next three hours, which I, I need my management, not that I have any, yep. but I need my management to get in touch with management here. Uh-huh. When did we get tacked with the extra half an hour on a Friday? I, I'm not sure about this. I'm happy to do it. I, I'm delighted to do it. I just want to love talking, I love engaging, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? You should yeah. enjoy my company because you know how you have those You're moments. You're taking a turn. Well, potentially it could have been all over today. Oh, I had some lunch at uh, in Clarendon Street in South Melbourne, Paper Shop Deli, wonderful organisation. Oh, I love it. It's great. Very uh, historic place. Very nice. Yeah. So I exit the building and across the road is the old uh, Osterio uh, and they have this facade that's got this, you know, they have, they have the, the pretty brick, you know, brickwork that's sort of just, um, I guess, stuck on. So it's fake bricks. It is, but they're well, bricks. stuck on there. What? They're tile-type bricks. But they're not just... real bricks. No, they're not. Okay, so it's a facade. Well, I guess you could call it They're a brick. fake bricks that get stuck on to make it, give it a brick effect. That's right. We're getting caught up in the <laughs> semantics of it all. But well, anyway, are they real bricks or not? So They're they not are. real bricks. Well, I guess they are, could be called. Right, whatever. Go they're on. concrete anyway. All right. And very heavy. And... So it goes oh. about a three-story building. I don't think I don't like what I'm about to hear. No, you won't. And they've they've roped up an, an area out the front of it that's got the witches' hats and the. So there'd been some issues, and they were doing some repair work. Work. Yep. As I walk out, Keith. Bang! Like half the wall falls off. So imagine a a bit of the wall that's about I reckon about three meters wide, and about. Six metres of it just comes with the loudest bang and it just comes. Now, there's workers around. How and close were you to this uh, landing on, on the, your head? Directly across the other side so of the road. So you're about 40 metres away. Oh, so I'd you're say, never in any doubt whatsoever. About 20 metres. You're, you're Andy, throwing a bit of mail. I walked past. <laughs> I walked that side was anybody, of the street. Was anyone actually hurt? No, well, thankfully. But that was a moment that just oh. a, a little different moment in time. Oh. And then... You may not be sharing my company. Are you saying today that you had a near-death experience? I'm willing to call it <laughs> a near... And people well, come out of, out of buildings, everyone's gathered around and we're checking it out and the workers are there with their so hands. everyone was on. okay, no one was hurt. Well, I never saw anyone, no. Well, good, well, that's the upshot of all. The upshot no is... No one was hurt and that's the most important thing.
Well, that's right. I tell you it, was who, a, it was one of those moments well, you just think, that could have been me. You've led me into something here, which mm. you, only, completely unintentionally, because if it was intentionally, then you are a genius of the broadcasting broad, mm. broadcasting. I gaper. did not. I did not. B. Derbidge is going to join us on the show a bit later on. He's a champion surfer right. and has won a pipeline. Yes. Uh, and uh, pipeline's on at the moment. Well, there's a little bit of a, uh, a pause. halt in proceedings at the moment as they mm. wait for the swell to return. But uh, he is the coach of Steph Gilmore yes. the, and the Australian Olympic coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk to him about the steps being knocked out already. So there has been some surfing, and unfortunately, the world champ, eight-time world champ, already mm. out. But I do digress. He nearly died. He won at Pipe in about two thousand and seven. Mm. Yep. Uh, but the wave nearly killed him. And, and when and when you hear mm. what this wave did to him, yes. So we want to talk to him about the mythology of. And the, the the reality of this wave. Well, I don't think there's say, any mythology about it. No, I think you probably... Well, there probably is. You're in metres, uh, waves that are like 13, 15, 20 metres high, aren't it's you? It's basically a shore break. It's ridiculous. It is a shore break. It's good when you see them come oh. out the other end, though, isn't it? When they're it's in that pipe and you think there's no chance they're coming out. And how do they... I know they've got to tow them out there. That's how severe the waves are. You've got to get Not on the tow, there. don't you? Not out there. It's, I think it's, it's a, a shore line. break. It's right there, mate. It's it's on the edge of the beach. No, but because the waves are so strong, I think they actually have to tow them out, don't they? Oh, I don't know about. I've to- seen towing facilities. No, tow you get towed out on you get towed out of belts for for time reasons, obviously. But right, um, uh, I don't know whether the tow or maybe the towing existed. Uh, I think pipe. the towing is there because they understand how dangerous it is, mm. and they just need a little support every now and oh, again. Possibly that's the case. I'm not sure, but anyway, that's sort of by the by. <laughs> He's coming on. Uh, with a whole lot of people today, Blake Hardwick, mm. uh, hopefully Jimmy Smith, Craig Foster. It is a fanicum who's who this afternoon. Got a lot so to discuss. It, there's a lot of big mm. stuff, so we're going to start with a bit of little stuff. Mm. Because to, knowing that B Derbidge was coming on the show, mm. uh, it, well, in fact, let me just hold that because Dave's in Sydney and he's jumped on the line. And I don't want to get two talkback topics mixed up into one here because the one that I want to talk about, the walk of shame. I've got one. Oh, I know you have because we spoke about it we before did. we came on I didn't air. Know you were going to go with it on air. Oh, I, I am like going the with the fact it. that you're going I'm, with it on air. I'm going with it on air. But mm. after we hear from Dave in Sydney, and Good. of course we're here on the run home mm-hmm. for Berwick BMW, where you book your summer service today Thank at Berwick BMW. We're going out there again soon. We are very soon. Mm. Uh, and the uh, good crew at Rotoflex, uh, that's the type of shoe that Blunston's producing. They want to make you aware oh, of. Oh, Blunston, they're the... Uh, Blunston. Blunston, yep, that's not the one. Blood, not Bloodstone. Blunston. Yeah, Blunston. We just didn't come out correct. I knew exactly <laughs> what they are. They're a wonderful workwear shoe. If you're in any sort of not dangerous, th- hazardous areas, you put your bloodies, you can go anywhere can with Can I them. just say one thing yeah. about that? You're 100% right. Mm. But as a fashion accessory, they are much better. They've transitioned into the uh, fashion. They they always have been. Well, they're a workwear gear. For about the last five to ten years, the youngsters, the, the crew, they're on. they've worked out that the blunnies, uh, they can cross over. Nice. Uh, and there's a lot of different styles, by the way. The Rotoflex, very much a work shirt. Can we get a little... Know. I know my daughter was after a pair of those. I'll speak to Bex. He'll look okay. after you. Nice. Um, Blunston, uh, stability meets the freedom to move yeah. and save your toes. Love Dave's it. in Sydney uh, before we get into the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dave. Oh, good day there, boys. How are you? This Very well, thank Dave. you, David. Good. I just want to pick up on Gazy's topic about near misses. Okay. Uh, I, had, I had one of my own that I think was probably potentially a little bit more severe. Than, oh, mine was very scary, case. Dave. Very well, scary. Right, we'll be the, I could tell. I well, we'll be the judge of this, so, Dave, so far away, yep. No, fair enough. Brighton Golf Course, um, the 18th hole. Uh, I know Dave it well. Dog leg to the left. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I don't know about that. I was on the green at the time, and uh, oh, Dave's playing with his old man, and uh, he's missed a putt on the uh, on the 18th. Yes. Uh, sorry, talking about myself in the third person there. That's not so good. But, we like uh, it. Yeah, so I've missed a putt, and I'm standing there. I'm not particularly uh, good sport, and I'm standing there shaking my head and carrying on a bit and all of that sort of stuff about missing quite a simple putt. We, we're on our way to the car park, mm-hmm. and some... Uh, has had a mini heart attack. Oh, no. And instead of... And has put his foot on the accelerator. Oh, no. And, uh, and cleaned up about six cars and finished up in the, um, right. in the chain wire fence, including my car, right across the boot. The, the whole back of the car was written off. Oh. So, um, if I hadn't have missed that putt, Gazy, yes. uh, we would have been putting our clubs in the boot of my car. Oh, and, that is um, true. See, there you go. My That's what you... My and myself, yeah. curtains. Mm. Sliding door um, moments. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you missed that putt, Dave. Yep. There you go. At the time, not so, but but now we look back mm. with the clarity of hindsight, and I'm, I'm delighted that you missed that putt. So <sighs> similar type experience to what I had today. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Very. Both of you drawing extremely long bows, but nonetheless, Are you uh, joking? Good stories to be told. Dave was could have put. He puts his boot. He's, his clubs in his boot. So and it's just gotten t- completely written off. So yeah, I had to do. And, and I know. When you hear the phrase "walk of shame," mm-hmm. there's a you know there's a nocturnal morning after type arrangement. Mm. We don't want to go into that, all right? No, where you've had a night out, and yep. that's not the sort of walk of shame we're talking about here. A lot of sporting teams have experienced that type of walk of shame. What do you mean? Never mind. Carry okay, on. Thank you. So uh, we're talking about surfing, and I was I. Used I used to surf a bit when I was in mm-hmm. my younger days, and a bit more time up my sleeve. You know, these days, under pressure, don't have as much time. You don't really anyway, fit the surfer not... mode. What does that mean? Well, there's a stereotype of surfer, and you're well, I'm there. glad I'm not the stereotype. Some, some bong smoking, <laughs> Darrow sort of layer. Who said that anything? He said, "Well, that's what you're going." No, I'm not. I'm going with the blue eyes, a... the nice, long flowing oh, locks. Oh, I used to have blue eyes, and not, well, I still have blue eyes. But I used to have nice flowing locks back in the day. Okay. Two days in a row we were like, talking about hair. Take it back. I'll, uh, I'm happy to show you photos of myself mm. in the younger days. But, again, we, do, we don't. quite big enough to be a surfer. Well, what does that mean? We, well, you need to have broad shoulders, do you? Well, they paddle, Andy. You need, you only, only surf if you've got broad shoulders. No, but it is a, a characteristic <laughs> that's stereotypical really, of a surfer. Your stereotype's getting challenged a bit here. <laughs> Anyway, mm. you know people all over the world surf who don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. You're all I right, do. Right, I am. Okay, thank and you. I know and you're wearing a lot that. of women surf. Well, that's as well. right. Yes, that's right. Mm. You may be surprised to know, given some mm. of your behaviours mm. and some of the views that you hold true to. You're joking. Anyway, <laughs> this is libelous. That is a character assassination right there. I'm but anyway, we are digressing mm. again. I was telling you a story, knowing that B Derbage was coming yes. on the show, me having a day when I used to surf, and I was feeling good about myself, and I went down to jo- Joanna, mm. thought I'll take it on. Mm. They were both doing st- in stand-up barrels off the ledge down there at Joey, and it's a serious wave, mm-hmm. and it was far too good for me. I paddled mm. into one. What not, size are we talking? Uh, it would have been, see, we had a chat about this too, it would have been six foot, six or seven foot. From the front or the back? Yeah, of course, from where it should be measured from. The from front. the front. From the front. So it's about a metre and a half. Correct. Mm. But down there, it's a, anyone who surfed that wave knows that it's... It's got some punch. I like to call it gnarly. It's got some punch. Gnarly. Anyway, paddled into one, knocked me over. I was underwater for about a minute. Mm. Came up about 60 metres away from where a I minute. took off. Mint's a long time, Andy. Mate, it felt like five it minutes. It might have felt like a minute. I don't think it was a minute. It was a long time, Keith. Okay. A long time. Yes. Anyway, mm. 
wash me down the beach, mm-hmm. and I thought, nah. I'm out of my death here. So I did the walk of shame, which was a paddle of shame. Mm. Paddled back in. You mm. don't want to do it, particularly down there, because there's blokes who know what they're doing. Mm. And I was not one of those. No. So I did the paddle of shame. Yes. Which is AKA the walk of shame. Yes. Now, we were having a chat about this over a cup of coffee. Yes. Or you having a hot chocolate. Yeah. And where you, you were to- trying to where you were trying to compare yourself to one of the all time greats in uh <laughs> Mr. Durbridge. No, I wasn't. You were. You were trying to put yourself in the same category. No, as I was him. saying I was. I was pouring scorn upon myself by telling this story. Okay. The ultimate in self-deprecation. I like it. And but then you told me about your walk of I shame, know. and I want to know about walks of shame because mm. you have done one that, under no circumstances, <laughs> no, under no circumstances. I, I know no, it this is. is a, this is a no, no. There's mm. no excuse for this behaviour. Well, what you're about to tell us about is cowardice. No, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's that not. That brings the greatest amount of shame. Well, there's always context to every Go on, story. Tell your story. Now, I'm <laughs> this is I'm 13 years of age, yep. and each year uh, this uh, the Australia Day weekend. It used to be the Seaside Carnival tournament down in Warrnambool was where all the basketball community would congregate, and you play the games, and you got the surf there. You've got the Seaside One, Seaside Two, magnificent party, and you've got the Warrnambool pool, local pool. Yep, they got the fifty meter pool, and they've got the diving pool. So I was, you know, there, and yeah, I'd be have to be supervised when I jumped in the in in the fifty meter pool because I wasn't a great swimmer. I'll be At honest. At thirteen, absolutely, I was just. Mum and Dad just need to just keep an eye on the big fella because I'd sometimes just think I was a little bit sort of Mark Spitz type when really I wasn't. So I'm there and I'm watching the, all the, uh, the the kids yeah. jumping off the diving board. The 10 metre. The 10 metre. Well, there was various yeah, ones. The one metre, the three yeah. metre and the 10 and metre. And I, I went off and I was off the one metre. I'm like, how good is this? This is heaps of fun. You bounce around and yep. you splash in, you go. And I'm watching them and they're doing pin drops. And I'm thinking, oh, I think I can do this. It's packed. It's a hot day. Packed. Yep. Got to wait. You, as you, you go up the stairs, you've got to go up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's people on the ladder. Of course there are. So I walk up there, wait, wait, wait. It's a good probably 15 min before you of get course. the chance to You go to up do a your, couple of stops. Of course you do. Go up a couple more stops. 100%. Yep. Yeah. And you get up there and you do the pin drop. Of course you do. Well, I went up there. And uh, had a little bit of a look over, and I said, this is not for me. I am not. <laughs> I can't believe This looks this. a whole lot different when you're 10 metres up than when you're on the ground. Yeah, but you got, once you're up there, mate, you've got to go. I know, and I, and I thought, well, I was a bit scared even going up, but I thought, oh, I'll be right. It's going into the pool in the water. can't be that hard. I've seen all the other kids doing it. They look like they're having a heap of fun doing it. I went up there, and the foof of I've got that tight. When I look down there, because you can't see the top of the pool, there's no bubble action. You can't. You can see the bottom, so it's now trim, looking time, like it's twenty metres. You want to time your entry, do you? <laughs> oh, turn it up. Who are you, Greenwood Gaines? I'm just saying, Andy. When you can't just jump off the thing, mate. But you can't see the. Well, you'll top know of, when you hit it. I know, but I just went up there oh, oh, and I said it's not for me, and it was the greatest walk of shame down the stairs. And I was trying to suck it up. As Excuse me, move over. Right? You have to go. Yep. Can everyone just go down, yep. back to the three metre, because this kid's yep. got to come down. And when I got oh. back there, my sister, my mum and dad and a few others were there and they had a bit of a chuckle, I reckon I cried for the next hour. That is, that is... I'm 13, I, Andy. Lo- I love you like a brother and I'm proud to say that I spent time with I'm you. I'm not ashamed of it because I was petrified. No, no, I'm ashamed for you. <laughs> that is... I saw you the day we went to Queenstown and you couldn't even walk out onto the bridge to do the bungee jump. That's why I'm scared of heights. Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I thought with a big you live mass your, of water. You live your life at two metres. Yes. 
You live your life with your head in the clouds. Yeah, but I was born that way. You should be comfortable in high areas. Oh, that, oh, that, that translates, does it? Just because you're taller. Your shoelaces. Oh, you're an idiot. Billy's in Berwick. If, if anyone's got a walk of shame story they want to share with us, um, no one's topping gazes. Have we got an unbelievable... You're joking. Did somebody tell me... We've got some... The paradigm driver from Cal... I mean, I love the tailor-made stuff, by the way, so but I'll just mm. say that. But this paradigm driver from Callaway, uh, I saw all the blokes in... It's valued uh, at $1,069. In, in, it was in the bag of a whole lot of the pros in Dubai last week. Mm. Uh and I think the official global release to the public is is this week. Yeah. But we're giving you the chance to win one of those. My word, we are. And they're valued at a, how much did you say? $1,069 for oh, a driver. Unbelievable. So mm. the best caller today, according to you and Benny and Rod. You uh, can chip in as no, well. No, no, I'm just, I'll drive it. I'll, I'll keep my hands okay. on this wheel over here. But you're going to give, oh, excuse me. I have little veggie spring rolls just oh, We don't need a shit. Resurfaced. Uh, <laughs> um. It's the best caller of the day. Is yeah, we'll get that. Paradigm driver. Hey, Andy, we've also got a couple Bill. of passes to the Monster Truck Grand Final. We've got 18 holes of golf at the beautiful Mandalay uh, Golf Course. And uh, we've got Signet Boost Power Banks. Uh, they're valued at fifty nine ninety five. That's all on offer for some really... 24 hours a, a day. day. That's how long that they'll power your stuff for. And uh, if you've got some real sharp calls, we're prepared to uh, pass these on. Well, Billy's in Berwick and he's got a walk of shame story. It's already 20 past three. I don't know where the day has already gone. No, it's not. It is. That Look at that. Must be faulty. I think it's going fast. It's only been here five men. Billy is in Berwick. Good afternoon, mate. G'day, Raider and Gacy. Hey, Billy. Boys, the worst walk of shame of my, I'll say, long and illustrious career is far from either. Mm-hmm. But, uh, picture yourself southeast suburbs three or four years ago, senior footy is a big thing for the women. It's starting to become, it's growing, publicising it. So the club that I coached the senior women of in the twilight game after the men's kick-off about 5.30, decent-sized crowd. The girls are warming up, doing some run-throughs down in the goal oh, square. No. My assistant coach at the time says, hey, uh, Billy, mm. you still got it. Can you get one from here? So uh, yeah. that rip with a top oh. from about 55, mm-hmm. and it fell short. And unfortunately, it hit a, one of my team, one of my girls, fair square on the head. Oh, dear. Yeah. Now, it wasn't too bad. I thought oh, I had a bit of a giggle to myself, and then the young girl went to stand up, and down she went. Oh, no. The walk of shame, girl, fellas. This young lady, who was one of my good on ballers, failed a concussion test oh, while Billy. warming up. That's outrageous, mate. The walk of shame with about 200 drunk blokes oh. cheering me on. Walking nah. down to this was... Uh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's uh, that is. You've let yourself down and you've let uh, your team, and you've let your club down, Billy. <laughs> but but you're a better man for sharing the story with us. Mm. So well done. Uh, great to have you back in 2023. Too. Welcome back, Billy. Philby's in St Kilda. Before we get back to some more calls on, the, on walks of shame, mm-hmm. um, Philby wants to have a chat about measuring waves. Good afternoon to you, Philby. Afternoon, gentlemen. How are we? Very well, thank you. Really good. Uh, I think, uh, Andy, you're going to have to put yourself on a walk of shame there, mate. Uh, in no one's reality do you measure a wave from the front. Today, Dot, JC had his own little pair of board shorts. Waves have been massive from the back, mate. The only place you get away with measuring a wave from the front is California. Or maybe some shitty European country, but from the back every day. Of no, the no, week. I, I, I agree with you. I know that's the case, Philby. But, but I'm, all I'm doing is challenging the notion that that is the best way to do it, because as you very well know, you're you're a man who spent time in the water. I can tell. 
it's the front of the wave that is yes. what you're dealing with when you are confronting Mother Nature. It is not what's at the back. Mm. And that is what you are dealing with. Does it vary from well, location to location with the conditions that, 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 no, the that can are, be different? <laughs> if the wave is a metre and a half from the back, can it vary on certain breaks how it actually be from the front? Oh, Philby, the answer to that would probably be yes, wouldn't it? Depending on how much water can be sucked into the face of the wave. I imagine the answer would be there'd be marginal changes. Yeah, 100%, yes. So, uh, you know, an 80-foot, uh, a 15-foot spaced wave at Tiopu will have no back of the wave. Mm. Something yeah. like shifts will have no back of the wave. But I, I need to, again, take you up, Andy. Where are you mates sitting when they see you catch a wave? Yeah, well, unless they're paddling back out, they're out the back. Out the back. So which way are they looking? Well, they're looking they're at the looking- back of the wave. So they're looking at the back of the wave, Carl. That's about six foot back of a wave. That's, <laughs> That's a good point. It has to be measured from the back. You raise a very so- solid point. Uh, well, haven't you just changed? I'm, I mean, d- I'm being educated. <laughs> That's what I'm being. But I would say that ultimately, though, when you're facing the wave is when you're... That's when you're dealing with the reality true. of what so you're about to take on here. I think they should adjust the way in which they interpret the size of waves. If a, hey, you're going. Thanks for your call, Thanks. Philby. And when you talk about walk Look of shame... Look at the walks of I shame conversation. absolutely eviscerated off the temper text machine. And I've got a personal message. And I want you, knowing oh. the personnel that we deal with, I want you to know who oh. sent me this okay, message. Right and on. I'll read it out. Right that is pure and utter cowardice. Dermot Brereton. Surely, surely a young man would prefer to get injured rather than be labelled a gutless, spineless coward. Dermot Brereton. Correct. Has that come, that has come from Dermot. I knew it would My come from My man Derm, who I've... He no, just, no, he's, right, he's 100% right on this. It's sensible. No, it's not. Don't go up there if you're not prepared to jump off. Well, from the Walking, ground, it looks no, no. a whole lot different. Walking end. back down the stairs <laughs> is a, it, Dermot has hit the nail on the head, and that is what you forever shall be like. Listen, a we're going to get gutless, <laughs> spineless coward. Twenty, it's already twenty-four past three. We're blowing the clocks of the shies in here. We've got a lot of we've calls. Got a full border callers for the walks of shame. So please, I'm looking a, forward to this. Every single one of you, don't go anywhere. We're going to take your, all these calls <laughs> up to be Durbridge, and then he's going to make us all feel like timid little. Um, uh, orchids on the way through when he tells us his story. Uh, but Foz, Joel, rock everybody else with your walks of shame story. Going to get to you on the other side of the break. There's a heap of walk of shame calls we're about to get to. Uh, some break- coming off the temper text machine as well. Breaking news uh, out of Sydney. Uh, Seven News, Sydney. Annie Puller reporting that Nick Kyrgios has pleaded guilty. Pleaded guilty to assaulting a former girlfriend, Chiara Pasari in the ACT Magistrates Court. The court hears he pushed her to the ground during a heated argument in a car park. So Kyrgios's legal team tried to have it um, thrown out before it got to court. Mm-hmm. It's got to court. He's been found guilty. And now we're being told that the, his legal representatives are trying to argue that mm. um, there should be no conviction. So that's a, you know, that is not a good story. Uh, back to our calls. Walk of shame. Gazy went to the 10 metre uh, at the Warnable public pool, couldn't jump, and had to walk down the staircase, <laughs> asking people to move aside as they were waiting their turn. <laughs> Doesn't get much more shameful than I that. I think it was that bad. Foz is in Lee and Gatha. Good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, boys. How are we? Very Foz, well, thank going you. well. Mate, I'm the uh, president of the Warail Golf Club here in Lee and Gatha, and... Mm. Uh, the last hole, uh, the green of the last hole is right underneath the clubhouse windows. I missed a two-foot putt 
which lost me the money. I threw my putter, which I never, ever do. I threw it towards the clubhouse, nearly went through the window with all the boys looking out, out through the window. I had to go inside, walk a shame, had to apologise to the whole crowd when I did that presentation. It wasn't a very good uh, thing no, at all. False. No, false. No, no. You're just lucky you didn't go through a window or knock someone's pot over as they were having a beer on the balcony. That would have been even worse, mate. Joel's in Rosebud. Uh, give us your walk of shame there, Joel. Is that it, Daisy? Any sledge for any sledge for Gazy on the way through too. By the way, welcome. Um, mine I was on the thirteenth hole, coming up to dro- have a drive on the tees, tee box, slice it to the right, smash me drive on the ground. Nothing happens. Boys have a laugh. Go to the next hole, have another drive, exact same shot, smash the drive on the ground. The head come off, snap off the shaft. Yes. Come back and hit me in the forehead. Oh. And there was just blood everywhere. No joke, it was like a movie. How you see the blood squirting. Yes. I squirted about half a metre out of my head. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you got to live with that, Joel. Thank you. Rocco. So the walk of shame would be back in the clubhouse well, when exactly. you're uh, yeah, that's right. spewing yeah. out blood. We're trying to stop the blood yes. flowing as it's dripping out through your fingers. Now you have to explain to everyone how it happened. Rocco's in East Bentley. Rocco. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Very well, Good, thank Rocco. you. Good to hear. Mine's very embarrassing as well. 2016 playing country footy. Last quarter, took a bad fall, dislocated my shoulder, popped it back in at the clubhouse. Ooh. All good. Back to Melbourne. Booked myself in on the Monday to get an MRI scan. Um, basically, it's 2023 and I still haven't had my shoulder fixed because I only lasted two minutes in the MRI oh. scan because I thought I was in a coffin. and <laughs> It is, hey, in fairness, no, it is, it is very yeah. daunting. If you're a bit yes. claustrophobic, yes. if you've ever had an MRI, that is still understandable, Rock. Still, you've got all the operating staff in there. Hold and your hand, the, the yeah, music in your ears. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right, mate. No worries. Now you're going to remember. Yeah, I'll be right. 120 seconds into the thing, you're thrashing around like a baby. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Oh, hey, Rocco, that's prize-worthy. Oh, I think that's prize You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate uh, with a cart. You probably can't at, swing uh, a golf club. Actually, that's a good point. Rocco, can you play golf? You go- yeah, yeah, can you, can play, you play golf? golf? Yeah, I can play a golf in a little bit of pain, but I can still swing one. <laughs> okay, right. Well, this might help set, uh, settle the nerves down. You're off to uh, clubmanalake.com.au, but you're going to have 18 holes of golf on us. And you'll be in a cart, so you can save yeah. the legs. Eight hey, news, quickly. Beat Durbage to join us in the next half hour. Roy, Adam, Aaron and Wayne, we want to get to your calls. Don't go anywhere. That is our right. Yep. Let's, uh, Roy's in uh, Templestone. Bring him in the rotation. Good afternoon to you, Roy. Give us your walk of shame story, please. G'day, Radar. G'day, Radar. G'day, Gagey. How are we going? Hey, Roy. Man. Going really well. Uh, guys, I've, uh, one of, me and my mate, we were just doing a bit of play fighting, you know, just fucking <laughs> around. Yep. And one of our friends just jumps onto one of those mushroom uh, marble tables, you know what I mean, with the base, the little, little bit of the end. Yeah. It would be a great idea to jump in and jump on one side, jump on the other. Then, uh, and then didn't realise that it, was, it wasn't connected, so it snapped it. it, snapped it. Oh. And, and the walk of shame as a as a result. No, no, good, Roy. Uh, Adam's in Torquay. Good afternoon to you, mate. We do silly things, don't we? As we do. Thank you. 
thanks for the amazing laugh this afternoon, Jen. Ah, good on you, Adam. Uh, yeah, so I was a little 14-year-old BMX bandit, and we got home from our little uh, holiday trip a couple of days into the school term, and uh, back home about lunchtime, I thought I would just go out and rip it up down at the bike park, and uh, I thought I'd go past my mates at, at school at lunchtime while they're all out and just make sure they were having a, a great day at school while I was going out to biking. Anyhow, give them a bit of a wave, high five, do a U-turn, uh, to head back the other way, straight into a parked car, oh, no. onto the bonnet, flat tyre, walk of shame, back home. Oh. Did did I not want to go to school the next day? And did I cop it at school the next oh, day? Mate. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Give Adam <laughs> some. Give Adam some. Adam, that chin is up. A signet boost power bank coming your way, valued at fifty nine ninety five. Yeah. Well done. Uh, well, it wasn't well done, but it was, no, well, it was we're well prepared done. to share it and just share some of the the more humiliating things we go through in life, Andy. It was well done to tell us the story, Adam. Yes. There's no question about that. Hey, Aaron and Wayne, we're going to get to you on the other side of the break. B. Derbidge is going to join us too to tell us about the reality v. the mythology of that amazing wave at Pipeline. B. Derbidge is not answering his phone at the moment. He, um, he won Pipe, which is on at the moment, when mm-hmm. the waves start rolling back in again, in 2007. He, he preceded Andy Irons, who won it a couple of years in a row, mm-hmm. and then the year after he won it, Derbage. Uh, Kelly Slater won it the next year in 2008. Slater won it again last year, and wow. he's going around again. How old was Slater last year? Uh, Kelly, well, he's a year older now, mm. so that's, oh, that's, that ge- usually what that's generally happens. how it works. Mm. He is now 50. And he won it as a 49-year-old. Correct. In that big six-metre type. I don't know how big it was last year, but he still won it. He beat every other wow. punter on the planet. I don't know whether John John was there, but uh, he beat everyone else who well, was up right the, the top. Did you hear the news, Andy, that um, some of the breaks here in Victoria, because of the storms coming in, they're talking like 15 metres. Now, I don't know if that's right on the breaks or it might be out in the ocean somewhere, but that is sizable, but yeah, it's all chop. That's a lot of water. That is massive. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's Jared Healy type stuff. Oh, I don't even th- think Jared would be... Uh... Jetter and Derm. That's, they don't get their wetsuits out of the cupboard unless it's over 10 foot. <laughs> Please. <laughs> in the meantime, let's get back to a couple of Walk of Shame stories. Aaron's in Sky and he's got... No, by the way, can I just say there's been some shameful experiences told uh, by our callers. Yes. None nearly as shameful as you. You're so, joking. None nearly as shameful I'm as you. I'm a 13-year-old kid, Andy. None. I'll say it again mm. slowly so you can hear me. None nearly as shameful of what you did as that day as a 13-year-old. Oh, I, I don't agree. I think a lot of people would have faced a yeah, similar experience. I, know, I remember I've seen a couple of people do it at Harold Holt when I was a kid, yeah. and they were scorned. In fact, they never came. And well, right, you're a wrongly, bully. I didn't do it. Wrongly so, because mm. I, I agree. It was bullying. Mm. But they never came back. I never came back to the pool. Well, I cry, I, honestly, I was crying oh, for the, a considerable – I was that embarrassed. Well, I'm sorry that you were affected by that, but mm. you, d- you sort of deserved to have a reaction of <laughs> that type. That's very... <laughs> well, you should have jumped. Unforgiving of Just you. jump, mate. Aaron's in... I, uh, you reckon I didn't try? I went up there. Jump. Aaron's in Sky. <laughs> Aaron's in Sky. Yes. Your poor parents had to sit there and watch that. Poor Lindsay had to sit there. Mark had to sit there and watch that. Yeah, they were a bit like, oh, just jump. Just of course, go. of You'll course. You'll be okay. Lindsay would have gone up there at 60 and jumped. Just to show oh, you that it can be done. No, he wouldn't have. Yes, he, he wouldn't would have. have been stupid enough to go up there in the first place. <laughs> Aaron's, in fact, your mum would have gone up there and jumped. She definitely wouldn't. I don't, done I, a bob. I don't think my mum. She would have done a horsey. I don't think my mum can swim. She would have done, <laughs> done a horsey once she hit the water. 
Aaron's in Sky. <laughs> Hello, Aaron. This is Afternoon, legends. Hey, as Give us your walk of shame but, story, uh, please. Before I launch into the story, Gator, there are a lot of men and people in world sport who have been tarred with this brush, but at least no one will ever call you a diver. <laughs> nice work. Thank nice you. work, Thank Aaron. You. Nice. Thank you, Aaron. We got, got a little diddle. No, no, no sound box. Okay, no worries. Oh, no. Cool. Yep. I'm working blind. So, uh, unfortunately, my story is I was a member of a local golf club, and yes. there are a couple of things that you want to win at a local golf club. And one of those things is a monthly medal. Yes. Hard to win. Uh, so I went down and I had a day out. And I, I played the lights out. And I checked the scoreboard at the end of my round and yep. I was four shots ahead. I'm thinking that's pretty good. Yep. So I went home, monitored the internet for the rest of the day. And I was by the end of the day, I'd won by three. Lovely. So I dutifully trotted back to the golf club. Mm-hmm. Super excited. I'd never won a monthly medal. I was yeah. pumped. You don't get it. I back. went into the, the presentation and I'm standing there and then they got around to calling out the winner of the monthly medal and I got a little bit preemptive and I wandered up towards there to accept my my uh, my applaudance yes. and uh, they called out someone else's name. Oh, no. I was then dutifully informed that due to my membership category, oh. I did not qualify oh. for board events. And the person who won had the right membership category finished six shots behind me. Oh, no. <laughs> That's outrageous. Um, as I've turned to then do the walk of shame to the back of the room, I've caught a leg on a chair <laughs> of one of the elderly members, and I have rolled my ankle. <laughs> it has blown up like a balloon. I have then limped to the back of the room, where I was forced to endure the rest of the presentation <laughs> ceremony, standing on one oh. leg, and add insult to injury, I missed three weeks of footy. No, that's poor. That, hey, is, poor, that is a good story. 18 holes of golf, because you are a golfer at the beautiful club Mandalay. I reckon the greater walk of shame was the bloke that lost by six shots and was going up the front to hey, get rules, his award. Rules are rules. Mate, ah, oh, but board events, you've technicality, got to have a, technicality. You've got to be a member. There's a technicality. Wayne's well, has come out there and well, been off the. Doesn't matter, strokes. mate. He wasn't eligible from the start, mm. and he's right about you've got to be a very special breed of cat mm. to win a, a monthly medal. Oh, you you've won one, have you? Thank you. Where at? At Commonwealth, not July 1990. Horrific conditions. <laughs> Playing off 16 as a kid. Uh, had 86 off the stick, net 71. The conditions were brutal. Winter, the day was horrific. Thank you. And you, you want a medal? You get a monthly medal. I've still got I'll bring it in and show you. And I engrave the back of it. It's quite special. Oh, I well love done it. to you. Wayne's in Perth. Good afternoon, mate. Hey, boys. Uh, actually, Wade, but I'll take Wayne. It's been Wayne. Oh, Wade. Well, Wade, we've got, Wade, be- we've got Bede yeah. coming on after four, which is mm. uh, Wade, meet Bede. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, boys, uh, welcome back. Jeez, it was a long time. I was starting to have uh, withdrawal symptoms. I mean, JJ and Ulio were great, but Bert Hickam, it's great to have you guys back. Ah, God, I love you. You're not everyone, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. we, we need a few more waves in the world. <laughs> this walk of shame is one incident, but two two very shameful uh, walks of shame. So uh, my first year of teaching, phys head teacher, and... Yes. Um, uh, it was week two, uh, two days before the actual incident. I'd actually busted two girls down the school oh. oval during lunchtime duty, uh, having a cigarette. Right. Trying to be strict but fair, I said, now listen, we've got two options here. I can march you up to the office and you suffer consequences, mm-hmm. or you can agree that you're not going to smoke again. And if I catch you, the consequences are going to be twice as bad as what it would have very been. Fair, so very fair, very fair. Well handled. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, two days later, I've got an outdoor ed class doing snorkeling down the beach. And uh, one of the two girls was actually in my class. Mm. And just as I got all the, the class organised to get into the water, she puts her hand up and says, uh, Sarah, I need to go to the toilet, which is about 500 metres away. Yes. And I'm thinking, you can't be serious. No. Like, I've just busted you smoking two days beforehand. 
the exact um, great excuse to go off. As she's walking off, she's got a hand cuff, and I said, listen, come over here. Oh, Seriously, no. you can't be that silly. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, said, show me what's in your hand. And um, unbeknown to me, it wasn't a great time oh, of no. that particular moment. Oh, but it oh, oh, so no. you had a... Oh, uh, oh, oh no. Oh, God. Oh, um, I looked at it and I went, holy shit. I said, oh, geez, that, do you want to give that brand up too? Because that'll give you lung cancer as well. And um, oh, I shamefully God. walked off into the water yeah, with uh, no, 20 of the uh, no, Anyway, it didn't end there. The next day, she oh. turns up in my whole head class and um, she proceeded to have two of those uh, sanitary products, one hanging oh. from each ear, sitting in the front of the class. Oh. And that was my second walk of shame. Well, so, at least she's uh, she's been able oh, to sort wait. of break the break the uncomfortable nature That's of the right. So Added she's done. Laugh about the incident. She's done very well. Mm. Uh, wait, thanks. Wait. Yeah, we're all feeling a bit uncomfortable about that story. No. Uh, Lindsay's in Adelaide. Good afternoon, to you, Linz. Uh, good afternoon. How you doing, gents? Good. Yeah, good, Linz. Uh, great show, uh, Gazy, mate. I just want to back you up on the uh, on the Thank ten you. foot ten meter tower, mate. Mm-hmm. At, uh, North Adelaide Aquatic Centre in 1974. I was a ten-year-old. Yes. Um, and I and I did exactly what you did. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, a few years back, uh, took me lads up to uh, mm. Queensland on one of the big water slides. Yep. And um, my ten-year-old boy right up the top, and he chickened out, and we both had to do the walk of shame back down the ladder. <laughs> and um, and the surf report builds is about six to eight foot, apparently. Six to eight feet. What's that? That's no, a that's... couple of meters. No, it's yeah, six to eight yeah, feet. Yeah, six to eight feet. Yeah. That is pumping. That's, that's good. So that's on the front well, of you. No, that's, that makes us bad. No, they mentioned. They, I think they measure it from the back at Bell's. Well, that's what I'm saying. So from the front, no, it's, it's going to be ten to twelve. Outrageous. Proper. There you go. We're going to get to the too gnarly for you, oh, mate. Hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's uh, seven minutes to four. A lot of stuff going on, uh, other than walks of shame, Massive. and we're going to get to a whole lot of that in a moment. Um, just on the, uh, throughout the show, I should say, B. Derby should join us after four. Uh, if you're listening earlier and you heard that news about the uh, court finding with Nick Kyrgios uh, up there in Canberra after the assault charge uh, he was forced to face in the magistrate's court, uh, he has escaped a conviction. Mm. So the judge has heard all the evidence and called the incident a single act of stupidity or frustration when he pushed his then-girlfriend Chiara Chiara Pasari to the ground in 2021. Very lucky. Uh, And that has seen him spared a criminal Mm. record. Don't know how. Had he, in fact, got a criminal record, you know more about this sort of stuff than me, Mm. but that would have made it difficult difficult for him, would it not, Mm. to continue doing what he does? prevents you. Some countries may prevent you if you have a conviction, but others just means you've got to go through a whole lot of rigmarole in order to get uh, your visa applications yeah, I, I think, because of it. I think it's quite common that if you've got a criminal record, yeah. visas will be denied to you in a lot of places around the world. So, mm. for, as a, Well, it's not guaranteed, but it, it is a general... You, you have to go for a whole lot of uh, other issues, other documentation in order to get a visa, I think. Kyrgios has put out a statement on his Instagram page. I'll read a bit of that out for you on the other side of the break. Pipes underway. Steph Gilmore's already out. Eight-time world champion. Her coach, B. Derbich, is going to tell us about that and that wave when we come back. Uh, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us on this very frosty Friday afternoon. Shocking. Chief, uh, the weather's been uh, real nasty here in Melbourne town. Bit of sunshine around at the moment. Hopefully there's going to be a lot of sunshine upon the Hawkers in 2023. Mm. 
few of the pundits out there uh, got Hawthorne pegged in the second half of the ladder, but uh, Hawthorne will be thinking there is no ceiling on what we can produce this year. Of course year. there's not. Young list. Mm. Who knows how quickly no, they'll no, come to the hand. The youngest, thank you. But they'll, the be, youngest. they'll be learning on a couple of their mid-level uh, to experienced veterans. No doubt. To just lead the way. One of the, We had Braden Maynard on the show the other day, mm-hmm. and I said to you, you did. he's one of those blokes I wouldn't mind if he was wearing the mm. jumper of the club that I support. Mm. Well, the bike we're about to say good day to, he's another one of those. Mm. Blake Hardwick joins us on the show. Hey, mate, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. No worries at all. How are you guys? Very we're, good. We're going better than you blokes at Hawthorne at the moment. All we're going to do what? is punch the crap out of one another. Well, that's true. What's going, what's going on down there at, uh, at the Hawks? Oh, that was a bit of fun. A uh, bit of fun in Gippsland yesterday. Um, <laughs> we try to make our, our game players as close to game life as we can, so sometimes that gets a bit fiery and um, we don't mind seeing it, so it was, it was good. It was a bit of fun. And uh, who was involved in the little altercation? Now, I believe James Sicily was a part oh, of it. Here's a surprise. Which really took, we're blown away that he'd actually be engaged in that type of behaviour. Who else was uh, in and amongst it all? Yeah, it is a bit surprising that he was involved, but um, no, nah, it was just the, it was just the forwards versus the backs. Um, we, oh. we always go at each other a bit and it got... Got a bit fiery after holding the ball, I think. So right, <laughs> and uh, and does the coach uh, have to say to tell a few people to have a bit of a spell, or do you just shake hands? How do you how do you deal with those types of altercations? No, nah, I guess all you guys see is just that one one photo or one bit of vision. But then a minute a minute later, the boys are, the boys are having a laugh together yeah. and a joke around about about mm. the situation. <laughs> so yeah, it's not as not as uh, serious serious as mm. it as it looked. Nice. Well, how are you assessing? I mean, it's early, and we, you know, we're all back from Christmas now, and most of you blokes have been on your camps or or, or, or still on them, so we don't really know. We're still a mm-hmm. month away from um, you know any sort of form line being ascertained through gameplay. But how are you feeling about the group that you're part of this year? Oh, feeling good. Um, we're definitely very young, and that's that's exciting. We're um, I think we're very fit. Uh, got some young legs in the in the team, so hopefully we can. Um, run over a few teams and get some wins on the board this year. It'll be nice. Does it, does, mm. Just on that, sorry, Gazy, yep. does any of that, you know, this list that you've been part of you know, since 2016, I think it was, might have been your first yep. year, but it's gone through some, you've seen some you know, some real serious um, senior-level talent has kind of left the club. Um, yep. Does that get explained? Does, does the list management and the strategy of you know, the, the evolution of the list, does that get explained to you guys at all? Uh, yeah, it does. It does a bit, I guess. Um, Sam, we're all on the same page, and um, Sam speaks us through all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and it has changed a lot. As you said, uh, 2016, I don't think there's too many left on the list since since I got there. Um, maybe just a handful. Um, so it's been a big turnover. But, yeah, they, they do work, work through it with us and let us know what they're doing and stuff like that. And you've just wrapped up a, a four-day camp at Gippsland. Uh, we've seen some camps just not function as we'd normally like to see in the past and uh, I'm sure there's been some lessons learned by all the clubs in relation to these oh, types yes, of, of course. Uh, these types of get-togethers for football clubs what was it mainly uh, <laughs> on the field type training or leadership building talk us through what goes on in uh, the Hawks camp uh, I think it was yeah uh, a bit of training but also just the connection we're a pretty um, pretty new new group we had a we had, I think, five or six from the draft and a few come over from um, other teams. So, um, yeah, bonding time, I guess, to 
to get together and um, get away from the club for a bit. And, yeah, as you said, training as well was, was pretty tough. So those team-building tactics, Blake, we're talking to Blake Hardwick from the Hawks, those team-building tactics, clubs, some clubs, not all of them, some clubs can, seem keen to find the next way into a player's psyche and a group psyche yes. and get them to do stuff that, you know, to, even without mm. the players knowing is building team camaraderie. And I noticed uh, one club, I think it might have been the Giants, they spent half a day, or there or thereabouts the other day, one of the tasks was... Uh, they'd get a group of players, mm-hmm. and multiple groups all around the place, around a table, and they were given a whole lot of uh, pieces of rice, <laughs> some brown rice, some oh, white rice. And they had to spend the entire day separating the white from the oh, brown. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this oh, was, you know, so they'd sit there. And, oh, I am not making it up. This, sure actually, making it up. this took place the other night, okay. Keith. Did you, uh, were there any, and I'm not sure whether that, Helps you win a game of footy or not, but somebody does. So it's you know whatever. Did you uh, did you have to do any of that sort of harebrained sort of stuff? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, none of that for us. Um, that doesn't sound too fun, but yeah, none of that for us. Do you well, what, what, what other, yeah, are, are there any sort of abstract things that we'd be looking at, and perhaps if it's taken out of context, we may not understand why you were doing it. But is there some of that stuff that you do get involved in? <laughs> Oh, that one's a bit out there. Uh, nothing, nothing like that. We had a we had a um, bit of a karaoke going on. Oh, nice. That's about, that's about yeah. all for us, yeah, right? Anyone, anyone, anyone got we anyone got any decent pipes? Because there's the Australian bloke, the offensive lineman uh, playing over at the Philadelphia Eagles next with Jordan Mailata, mm. who was on American Idol, and he's got a magnificent <laughs> set of pipes. That's right. Is there anyone at Hawthorne who can really bang out a tune? Oh no, not really. Right. Not too many. So hey, yeah, okay. what about um, the unfortunate? I tell you, it was in the car when I heard the news, and it was a, a genuine sit, setback with oh. uh, Mitch Lewis and, oh, and yeah. the unfortunate injury yeah. that he's. Had. Have we have you got any updates on on how uh, his season's going to look? Um, not too sure yet. Um, we know he's going to probably miss the the round one game, and not too sure past that. But um, I think it. I think now it's looking pretty positive. Um, at the start, there was a bit of worry, but um, mm. I think it's looking more positive now, and hopefully not not too far into the season, he's back. So Good. who are the... Give us a couple of the... I know you don't want to separate individuals and all the rest of it. No one ever does, but give us a, yeah. one or two of the young blokes, whether they've been at the club for a year or two now, or maybe even you know one or two of the young blokes who have just arrived, but who you... You and a couple of the other senior boys have looked down and thought, oh, gee, I reckon he's come on pretty quickly. Are there a couple who you're expecting will make significant leaps forward this year? Uh, yeah, uh, someone like John Newcomb, he played very well last year. He had a big leap, but I think someone like him, he's only, he's only 20, 21 now, so I think he's going to take another leap. He looks, he looks unreal at training, um, big, strong and fit, so he's, uh, I reckon he'll take another step step forward and uh, I like the look of um, Meek that we got across from Fremantle. He's he's looking good. He's going to ha- be handy in the in the ruck chopping out uh, Big Ned Reeves. So yeah, I like the look of those two at the moment. And what about Carl Amon? Well, you know, he's sort of established himself now over at Port Adelaide. Comes to the footy club ready. made beautiful link player in between the arcs. What have you What have you made of, of his early days as a hawk? Yeah, he's been great. He's um, fitting in the boys nicely, and he's he's one of the better trainers I've seen. He's um, He's always up there in the running, um, in the top two. So 
Yeah, he's one of the better trainers I've seen, I reckon. So he's gone. He's gone real well. And what about the new blokes, uh, Cam McKenzie? What was oh, he? Yeah. Number Elite six. Thoroughbred. I think he was. Was it uh, number uh, six? seven? I reckon he might have been. Well, yeah. very early on in the uh, proceedings. Top ten. Yeah. Yeah. How's he looking? Yeah, he's looking very, very good. He's um, looks like a ready-made footballer. Um, some of the some of the younger boys come in a bit lighter, light on, and he's he's come in and he looks. He looks strong, and yeah, I think he's ready to go. And uh, Josh Weddle as well, mm. one of our higher picks. Um, he's looking, he's looking very well. Very and where, good. Where, with McKenzie, what what sort of role are you, are you expecting of him to play? Uh, he's midfield. He's inside mid. He's pretty tough and um, gets in there. So yeah, in the mid. Gee, it's a young. When you think about it, Blake, it's and it's a, it's a, been a conscious decision, hasn't it, by the footy club? But you are, you are in that part of the ground, uh, around the footy at the coalface, you're going to be by far the youngest group of players in, in, in the AFL this year. Yeah, for sure. Our midfield group is, is definitely our youngest part. We have some experience in the forwards and backs. Um, but, yeah, midfield, midfield group's going to look pretty young, but it, that's exciting, and I'm sure they're going to be running all over teams, hopefully. So, um, yeah, hopefully these young legs can can get going and get us some wins. And we saw last season, there was glimpses of a style of play that looked really attractive. Now, CJ bouncing off of halfback course. flank. Oh, my favourite. But Blake, uh, And Blake, Blake of, course. of course. But we saw the way, and it, was, uh, it wasn't able to be held up over an extended period of, of time. But now, with such a young group, uh, are we going to see a change in the style that you guys seem to be implementing last season? No, I don't think so. We're um, we're on the same page again, and it's just um, improving from what we what we started uh, last year with our game style. Um, so, yeah, just taking another step forward with that. You won't see too much change, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it's just improving on all those little things that Sam implemented last year. And runner-up a couple of times now in the club's best and fairest mm. award yourself. Uh, who are you going to beat this year? Mm. You'll, you'll win it this year. So that's a given. Who, who you, and yeah. you thoroughly deserve it. Of course he does. Who, who will be running second to you in the club's best? And we'll, we'll just get this as part of the rep public record right mm. now, Blake. Nice. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but I reckon John Newcomb and um, Sis, Sis and Maury will be up there again, I'm pretty sure. So mm. they're, looking, they're looking good. There's a few around. Hey, hey yeah. Blake, we're fortunate here uh, in what I do, whether it's um, the Chief or, or Derm, uh, some... Absolute legends of the Hawthorne Football Club. Get to speak a lot of them. That's they, a good point. Are they, um, are they down there all that often uh, just trying to share some of their knowledge? Are they still involved? Uh, I reckon I've seen them a few times over my time. But, yeah, a lot of past players um, do get through the club. We have some past players day where, days where they get they get to training and get the kid on and run around and have a kick with us. So you do... You, do see him, um, yeah, quite often, but oh, I haven't seen those two in a while. Oh. oh. Well, you got a comment to make about that? Look, oh, that's a bit of a setback. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought they'd be down there. Dropped off a bit. Maybe when the the old fellas when they when they get down there, do you sort of just listen to them and you know? And just, well, come on, boys, that Probably was a long, long time ago. You're trying to tell us how to kick like that, we go around the corner and all that type of rubbish. Uh, do, do, is a bit of that kick in? Oh, no, they, they stick to the off-field stories that they tell us about, which, uh, nice. which are pretty pretty funny from back in the day. So, 
And what about you? What about your role? What about your role, Blake? You've established yourself in the role that you play. But a couple of times we've seen you go higher up the ground and, you know, spend a bit of time, you know, sort of out of that defensive 50. Is there, or is it more what we've seen from Blake Hardwick in 2023 or might there be um, some alterations more consistent, more consistently to the way you're used? Uh, yeah, I started started off last year with a lot of lockdown roles and um, yeah roles on the opposition forwards, um, and yeah ended the year playing a bit more freely up the ground. So uh, it's just it's dependent on who we play, I think, and if there's a role for me and um, who else is in the team. Like Sam Frost gets those roles sometimes too. Um, so yeah, depending on a couple different things, but yeah, maybe maybe more a bit higher up the ground this year. Yeah, good. And uh, the footy good club's on. just announced that it's extended, I think it's a three-year extension with the relationship with uh, Tasmania. Uh, how is it going down there? Is it, uh, how do you, en- do you enjoy going down there and playing? Yeah, we're, we're on to end of 25 now, I think they announced. Um, and yeah, it's good. It's one of the, everyone says it's the best deck in the AFL to play on. The surfaces down there is unreal. So, yeah, it's nice nice to get down there away from mm. home for a bit. And, um, yeah, as I said, the deck there is is um, is awesome. And do you, do, when you think of uh, expansion and that everyone's talking about the Tasmania team coming in, uh, with your experiences with the footy down there, what, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be great for Tassie to get a team down there. Um, probably would mean we wouldn't be going down there anymore to play, I think, but... Um, no, I think it would be great for great for Tassie down there to have their own team. That would be mm. awesome. No doubt about that. Hey, mate, uh, it's not too far away now. We've got the uh, release of the pre-season games um, on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever date it was this Yesterday. week. And once you see that in paper and you get the dates mm. and, you know, it, it feels like it's kind of really close. And I guess you're feeling the same thing now. It's only a couple of weeks away before you put the footy boots on and you go up against another team and you get to really get a sense of how you're going. We can't wait. Can't wait to see what you and the Hawks are going to bring to the table in 2023. Thanks for coming on the show. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Good on you, Blake Hardwick, joining us on the show. And uh, That's Fan Ingham too, by the way. What's that? About, I think Sammy Edmund broke that uh, news earlier on today. About I think it was the Giants he was talking about. Mm -hmm. They, in groups, as part of their pre-season game, sat around. Yeah, and they were given a whole pile of uh, brown and white rice. And together, they had to separate them. What do you think that's trying to teach them? You tell me. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I've got no idea. Patience. Perseverance. There's got to be some team theme for that. No, it is. It's it's all about, oh, you've got to talk. Oh. The ability to sort of you know communicate with yeah. one another and have the patience to work through you know what might be considered a do they have to cook it and eat relatively, it as well? No, I don't believe so. A relatively Just sort of mind numbing type arrangement. Mm. Oh, do you does that stuff work? Just uh, being a real broad brush. Some of it does. Generalize. You reckon it does? Some of it. I don't know about the brown rice, white rice exercise, but there are other ones that you do some really quirky things. Works, doesn't it? No, the Richmond boys are down there making sandcastles. Carrying around logs of wood and those things. So just to no, for I understand, teamwork. Yeah, I understand that. Like, that's mm. a physical element to that. No, nah, but it's also how you work how about making sand, How about making sandcastles? Um, How's that go? Yeah, I don't know. I reckon that might well, Do just, you know or not? I don't. Do you have a theory about it or not? I would put it in the lower end of... <laughs> uh, Value Come that it can on, provide. Man. Sandcastles. Come on. Now, man. you've got to always understand the context. Of yeah, these. I do. Oh, I understand man. the context. Well, yeah. if you, there, there might Someone be a reason. Someone said it's a good idea, and they're going, oh, we've got nothing else to do mm. for that half hour. Let's make them separate, separate brown and white rice. <laughs>
<laughs> it's around eleven. Odd. Around eleven when we're this. up at the Gold Coast, and where it's eleven points of diff at three quarter time. That brown and white rice thing so that'll don't get us over. Any. I, yeah, I, no, you're dead right on that one. I, I don't understand. I agree that in the way you've presented it seems ridiculous, but I'm sure there are other things that had some context around it. Now, I don't know what it possibly could. I'm only talking about the brown and white That's rice. That's what I'm talking about. So you need some context with there'd that. There'd be something in there. There wouldn't be just separate brown and white rice and away you go, fellas. <laughs> there'd be some message in there somewhere, surely. <laughs> Steve's on the road. Don't you think? Oh, I don't know. I suppose so. Well, there oh, have to well, be. Well, yeah. hopefully there's some method behind it. But have to be. <sighs> Steve's on the road. Uh, Steve, welcome to the program, great man. How are you guys? Going well, well Steve. A bit of a fun one for Friday to get a bit of a laugh. Love um, it. Uh, got a new song that uh, for the Footy Club after their fights. So oh, hang on, Hawthorne. He's got say? a new song for the Hawthorne Footy Club oh, after I'm the Blue Vader sure. training yesterday. Gonna like Go on, what is it, Steve? We're unhappy team at Hawthorne. We're the mighty fighting Hawks. We've got no class. We've got no class. No one gives two hoots. If we run dead last. Like we're all bit in all in brawl, the way we are at Hawthorne. <laughs> I don't like this. Well, it's a good thing you broke the up line, a little the bit The line was breaking up a bit. We Steve got the message. Of, Steve put a bit of work into that, and it was rhymed nicely. I don't mind the work he's putting in, but that's just really hurtful type uh, song. We wanted to be uplifting on a Friday. Well, as Blake told us, I mean, mm. two minutes later, they're all having a nice old laugh together. Well, and, you're kidding you know, yourself if you think that this doesn't happen. Uh, quite often. Only now, not regularly, but quite often. Only at Hawthorne and Essendon. That is absolute garbage. <laughs> of course it is. What about your bloke, the stomper no, at what Carlton? He, yeah, when he kicked, yeah, when, buddy. Oh, hell, who was it? Yeah, so, it? Satana, Satana kicked Cloak uh, up the arse. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that's. That happens everywhere, mate. That's more vicious than a bloke's just having vicious. a wrestle. Come on. Vicious. Outrageous, you blokes. So you reckon the brown and white mm. rice pulling that apart actually serves some purpose? Well, yeah, that's how you're saying it. There's no context that you're providing around it. That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, I'm sure there's more to it oh, than maybe, the way you've yeah. described well, it. Okay, it's 22 past. So you reckon they just said, sit around, we've just whacked a, a, a bit of <laughs> long grain rice, here's brown, and here's I know white, whether that, and you just separate it for no I reason. Caniglio's table hasn't got more rice on it than someone else's table. That's what I'm saying, Andy. There's there's a reason they did it. It's right. I want to There'd make be a sure. a message in there somewhere. There might be other activities associated with it. If it's not, it's a load of rubbish. Hey, well, read out that uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, sort of statement, if you like, that he's put out on his Instagram account uh, on the other side of the next break. But uh, Pipeline's on it. It's one of the most uh, keenly anticipated events on the World Surfing Tour every single year. Uh, this wave has taken on mythical proportions over the years and only the very best and only a very to- a certain type of surfer ever uh, wins. If anybody ever wins at Pipeline, it takes mm. a very special type So you, to just doing there. a good surf is not going to be good enough well, some the, gra- under these conditions. Some great surfers... That give it a are, miss? They, well, they are terrified by the thing. Well, it gets in they? their head before they even paddle out. Well, I reckon most surfers would be terrified. Well, an ex-guest uh, has conquered Pipeline, has won there. Back in 2007, was the champion at Pipe. It nearly took his life a couple of years later, mm. and that's not putting too fine a point on it. He is the coach of Steph Gilmore, who unfortunately, uh, as she defends her world title, the eighth that she won last year in unbelievable circumstances, she got knocked out before the conditions 
turned. Uh, there's been a quell in the competition. They'll get back up in a couple of days. But Bede Derbidge is the man I'm talking about, and he's been good enough to join us on the show. Hey, Bede, I know you've been uh, having a good old time with your, with your boys up there in northern New South Wales, mate. So we appreciate you stepping to one side and having a chat to us. Yeah, no worries. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Good, thanks, Bede. Hey, what happened to Steph this morning? Yeah, no, such a bummer, you know, uh, coming off that high of last year and being the greatest surfer of all time from Australia and with eight eight titles and, yeah, just taking that to another level. But, yeah, that's the, that's the thing with surfing. You can go from zero to zero pretty quickly and, um, yeah, just not the way she wanted, wanted to start, but... Uh, it's a long year, and uh, she'll she'll bounce back at sunset, which is in a couple of weeks' time. I think she missed there last year, didn't she? She still won the title last year. She had COVID or something last year and didn't get to surf at Pipe last year. Is my mind playing tricks with yeah. you? Yeah, no, no, no. You, yeah, you're, you're right there. Yeah, she couldn't surf because she uh, tested positive back when uh, that was all happening. So, um, yeah, so she's basically in the same um, position. But, yeah, knowing her, she's... She'll be uh, more fired up. She's a bit like that, you know. She kind of needs um, a purpose and something to fire up, and then she brings out her best. Mate, take us with those who even sort of non-surfing sports fans have heard about Pipeline and they know about this this destination and they've heard the stories about this wave. You won this event uh, back in 2007. Mm. Either side of you was Andy Irons winning it, the legendary Andy Irons, who I think won there about yeah. four or five times. And Kelly won it the year after you, and he's still going at 50. Um, take us back to 2007 and, and, and the conditions and how you saw yourself through that um, that competition back then. Yeah, no, far out. That feels like so long ago. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the conditions were actually not the best that year. And similar to this year, it's kind of going to be a smaller uh, forecast and that's pipe you know in Hawaii it's, we just had the um, another event over there where it was just massive so you just don't know what you're going to get and um, but the year I won it was kind of small but I was just uh, fired up to yeah win like it's the most on tour it's the most uh, prestigious event for us as surfers it's like I guess winning Wimbledon or whatever in tennis or um, it's like the highest kind of wow. accolade you can get so um, if, if we had Grand Slam so um, yeah, for me to put that feather in my cap, it was just like, yeah, it was. It's incredible, and I'll never forget it. Fantastic. And Andy and I were just talking before uh, you jumped on, and we're talking about does it take a, a specific surfer, a specific type of surfer, in order to ride those waves? Oh yeah, it's it's such a mental game. Like everyone's so good, but when it's big and it's raw, it's yeah, like yeah more than 10 people have died out there. You know, it's, um, there's a plaque on the beach with people that have died. And mm. personally, I've nearly died out there. And, um, well, I, um, I... yeah, you're, you're paddling out. Mm. Just, I don't know, you've got so much going on in your mind and, um, yeah, but you have to put it aside. It's like, it's like a coliseum of surfing really. Mm. And, and, we talk about the courage it takes to be there. We know you blokes and girls that uh, get in that regardless of what size the waves are. There there are obviously some risks associated with it, but is there a, an extra level of something internally you need in order to be able to perform to your best under those circumstances? Yeah, exactly. You know, you need a purpose and something that will take that, oh, you might lose your life away, but you might, yeah, um, achieve your dream or... 
um, it's kind of, yeah, just the, the pinnacle of surfing. It's where surfing started, obviously, in Hawaii. So you, it's like the proving grounds. That's how we kind of describe it. It's like you kind of have it made unless you do well in Hawaii. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's sort of like, it's sort of like a, a personal um, validation kind of thing. Hey, but well, what's it like? Like mm. to, when, when that wave's at its at its most challenging and it's you know it's pure. Um, to, why is it different? Can you tell us about that wave in particular? Yeah, just the uh, nature of the wave, how it breaks right on the beach, but it's just like so raw and so much energy. The way the reef channels it in, and and the reef's super uneven, so there's, like, caves and it's shallow. Um, So it's high consequences um, if you fall or, um, yeah, it's just everything just happens really quick there. So Mm. it's it's, a very intense environment when you're out there. (laughs) And and what happened to you? Because Andy said that, uh, not making light of it in any way, but said that your near-death experience, what, what what happened to you? Yeah, so I was in um, 2015, actually, yeah, uh, paddled into the wave, thought it was a really good wave, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just went pear-shaped from there. I uh, kind of airdropped. The wave just was way too steep and um, didn't connect with the wave. Free fell, but then I got sucked over the falls and then just pole-driven into the bottom, yeah. um, broke my pelvis, open-book pelvic fracture, uh, abs ripped off the bone, massive internal bleeding and mm. yeah and then obviously surgery and um yeah wheelchair bound for a couple of months and yeah my whole life got turned upside down within a couple of seconds really so B, when that happens to you and it i reckon you've only just scratched the surface in terms of what happened to you there but when you have that sort of internal um trauma and you're in that in, you're in the water mm. when that happens yeah, you can't yeah, exactly. how, do you, how do you get out of there yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you've got to deal with you're underwater and you're going through that whole process. Oh. And then you come up and then another um, massive wave lands on your head and then you've got to hold your breath again um, and then do that a couple of times until you, yeah, it's basically just fight or fight. You know, you just, you're just survival and you're just trusting all your training your instincts. And um, But, yeah, I had to get rescued by the jet ski and then um, luckily there was um, trauma uh, specialists on the beach because it's a crazy wave the um wsl make sure there's multiple um uh, doctors with certain expertise on those kind of waves that in tahiti at chopu um because it yeah people can die really easily well from these incredible experiences and obviously we, we don't wish that upon anyone but in those moments and you're in hospital and you're in a wheelchair and you're contemplating uh, your mortality. Uh, apparently, according to Annie, he was telling me a story that you're actually one of the brains or one of the inspirations behind a, a beer. Oh, and the, Bolter, the Bolter. Bolter beer is actually comes from is a initiative that you discovered during that moment. Now, is Annie yeah. putting some mayo on it, or is that uh, exactly <laughs> uh, how it no, unfold? No, no, exactly. And yeah, as you know, with like when you're in the thick of your your sport as well, with um, you just kind of say tunnel vision and you want to achieve your dreams and goals but then when you can't do those you start thinking about other ideas and plans and yeah that's what happened and um yeah i kind of like my beer and like, <laughs> like a lot of surfers so um yeah a few of my mates on tour and nick and joel and josh and yeah we started the bolter and yeah it's just 
it's funny how like that's such a bad thing can turn into a good thing. What's it like? But we're talking to Beat Derbage. What's it like when you uh, have an idea like that and you you get a talk a couple of your mates into coming along for the ride and you set it up and then you get a couple of people like Andy Mullins and his mm. crew get on board and really kind of help you through the process and then the thing becomes loved and sought after yes. and the big brewery yeah. boys want to come in and get hold of you. What, what's it like to be on a ride like that? Oh, it's pretty surreal to be honest. You know, it's like you start out with the idea and yeah, you've got that um, purpose for it to, you know, have, have some beers and get them for free. And then yeah, it turns into yeah a big business and you meet other people like Andy, which like lifelong friend now, but, yeah, you kind of just have to be open to um, yeah people in their expertise and grow it because yeah I could <laughs> I'm a surfer and, and now a coach but yeah you can I could never do uh, it would it would have never reached its potential unless you bring in people that um, know what they they're good at you know yeah 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 mm. sure you mentioned coaching we won't hold you up for too much longer I know the boys are probably chipping you and you want to get back to uh, the, the lads where you bit are of there's a little bit of bolter being mm. consumed. Yeah, responsibly, yeah, absolutely, responsibly, responsibly consumed this afternoon oh, boy, boy. by beating the boys. You coach the Australian Olympic team now, and it was awesome what we saw uh, at the most recent Olympic Games, the celebrations, the camaraderie, the way all the guys and girls in that team together seem to enjoy the experience together. It helps when you walk away with a bronze medal. How how unreal was that experience for you? Oh, yeah, that was up there with, uh, probably the best thing I've experienced in surfing because we've never had that wow. in our sport. It's always individual. So, um, and you know that, Gazy. Yeah. Like, uh, just the camaraderie and the Olympics. You know, it's just, uh, it's just. I, I thought it would be good, but it just blew anything um, out of the water that I actually thought would be good. Just um, we felt like we won. Like when Owen got third, we felt like we all won, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it was the best thing, just the team element and the the Aussie camaraderie and the pride. Like it's it's changed surfing now, and like um, it's just all the kids aspire to that, and it's just yeah, very lucky to be mm. involved in in the Olympic side of things. And, and I tell you the yeah. other thing about it, as watching it too, is awesome. as relatively new into the Olympics, we were loving it. We were loving it, and the camaraderie that that existed not between the competitors as well, yeah. because you're normally in that cutthroat stuff, and I'm sure it was, but I guess when you're playing yeah. for medals and not money, uh, there it was just a, yeah. it sort of had the all the ideals that you it associate with did. with the Olympic Games yes. seemed to be perfectly on show at the, at that event. Yeah, exactly. That that's the best way to summarize it. It's like, yeah, forget about any money or sponsors. It's just it's for pride and it's for like community and it's yeah, for the love and it just it's just such a good platform for that and, and we kinda needed in our sport at that time and it's, yeah, it's really mm. generated a whole new um yeah, passion for everyone. And is uh, just before we let you go, is the celebration that became that team's kind of calling card a bit is that is that here to stay now is that going to be uniquely uh something that the australian surf team share with one another oh definitely yeah we just had a camp this week and we called it all in you know where it was it was just so individual because that's all we knew but now it's like this new way of working and and it's just yeah it's just really exciting like everyone shares information and it's they're there for each other it's just it's um yeah it's such a better way to 
really um, navigate like the whole professional side of surfing. Awesome. Hey, mate, uh, thanks for coming on. We can't wait for the waves to get going again uh, over there in Oahu. And we'll, those of us who wake up in the morning and uh, stay up late at night watching this sort of stuff will be tuning in again. Yeah. Uh, there's still a heap of Australians going. Cal- Just like one more. There's always one more. Kelly Slater's 50. He, he wins it last year and he's going again. Yeah. This Can you believe he's still competing at the level that he is? No, I cannot. Like, even when I qualified for the tour, which was way back, I was like, oh, I'd love to surf against Kelly. And now he's still there. <laughs> like, some of the kids could be his grandkids. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's true. It's like, but he still wins. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. I cannot believe it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's just one of a kind sportsman in, in our world, anyway. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's inspirational. Oh, no, mate. He transcends surfing. He, he's, uh, I think you don't have to be a surf fan to know Kelly Slater. Mm. I think he's, and respect and appreciate. That's right, exactly mm. right. Yeah. Hey, B, thanks, yeah. mate. Good on you. Yes. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon, and thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Good, Good on, on you, B. B Derby. Oh, you know what I am reading about, B? Go on. He's uh, picked up a few shillings uh, out of this whole bit. It wasn't just a bit of slap and tickle. No, they got bought by one of the big... CUB. CUB bought him not long ago. Equals $35 million. No, that is not even... Scratching the surface. That's about 30% or not even more. I didn't... When I get asked, I occasionally don't mind asking that. By the way, how much did you make out of him? People Mm. kind of whack you for doing Mm. that because it'd be grubby, but... That's a part of the public record. You can go and find out how much well, the boys... According to the temper text machine, they took about $17 million bucks to establish it and get mm-hmm. it going. Mm-hmm. And uh, CUB said, oh, I think this is worth $180 million. Thank you very much. Thank you Cha-ching. very, very much. Cha-ching. It goes okay. That goes okay. Well, because he, and now he, the fickle it's hand a good of beer. fate. It's a good beer, by the way. They make a very good product. Andy, the fickle hand of fate. You're in a life-threatening situation. You're, you're hanging on for every breath because you're going through this traumatic experience. And through that, through that traumatic experience, you come up with an idea, you put it into practice, and 180 million jumps in. So that's true. But think about this. Mm. I didn't want to go into the gory details with him. But mm. as it's been relayed to me with Bede, that pelvis issue that he had, mm. the the permanently tra- the tra- no 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 the trauma that that wave and that stack yep. did to him on that particular occasion, it was as it was put to me, it was like a oh. chicken. It was like a chicken being torn in oh, half. Oh no! The internal, all the all the uh, all the muscles that uh, create uh, that that um, hips control and... everything below your hips rendered useless. useless. So he's in this pounding surf. Mm. Fighting for his life with all of that, yeah. can't, no, his legs can't. He can't use his legs. Adrenaline. Yep, trying That's to survive. The only thing. And uh, it took one of the big local boys, one of the big mm. local Hawaiians, on the jet ski, basically him. dragged him out of the water. Wow. Had he been in there for another, well, it wouldn't have taken too much longer before uh, the ocean might have claimed another one. But uh, great to have him on the show, and they're doing a magnificent job. Mm. The surfing was awesome in Tokyo. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, when we were doing Shinya, we yeah. loved it. Like it was, couldn't get enough of it. And it's those. What's the category of those sports? And even yeah, the skateboarding, the surfing, yeah, yeah the, the they, kind they, of the new. What are they called? Those um, not extreme. Are they extreme sports? Well, or? well what are they called? There's a genre. They yeah, there is a name for it. Isn't what is it? Someone will tell us. Yeah, what four, is it called? Oh four double three ninety out eleven sixteen on the is it forty weeks. Not extreme. Well, not I guess it probably sits no, in that category a bit. It is, but there's another a better name, name in there. Yeah. yeah, there is. Um, we'll get to the break uh, in a moment. There's some, there's some terrible news out of North Melbourne, and mm. I, it's regarding the president, Son, uh, Dr. Sonia Hood, 
I'll, I'll read out her statement on the other side of the break because we'll, we'll clear commitments and we'll come back to this because it's got some real gravity to it. Uh, before we do, Frank's in one turner and wants to have a chat about pipe. Hi, Frank. How you going, guys? Good, Good thanks, Frank. Yeah, look, yeah, I was lucky enough to be over there um, at Sunset Beach during the Pipeline Series um, a few years ago when uh, Joel Parkinson swum those three perfect tens. And oh. uh, it was unbelievable. I, I still can see him now. There was a big tube wave. He's gone in this big tube wave. He's come out of it and into another tube wave, the same way, continuing along. I remember wow. that. And, and and all we could see was spray. We thought the wave had collapsed on yes. him. And, and out of the spray, he got shot out like a cannon. Yes. He got, out of a cannon. He went right out of the, out of the spray. And everybody just, just stood up and applauded and were just dumbfounded how he got away with it. Yeah. Anyhow, I, I spoke to him after the after he came off the, out of the water. I said, mate, how do you know when the wave's going to collapse on you? And, and he said, what you do, you let the wave run over the back of your hand. And, and, and as the water starts coming down, you kind of squat down with the water running over your hand. That's how he runs these uh, these tube waves. Unbelievable. Imagine mate. having, the, cap- having wow. the capacity to do that. And I've never been there. Benny Lyon, who's producing at the moment, has been there. It, Have you it, been to Pipeline? No, I haven't. Ben has. I've watched it a oh, thousand I've times. I've been there. It's a beach break. You it don't is. Under- most, a lot of surfing events, it, no. they're out there at the back of a river. No. This is right, right there, mate. There. Front and centre. So you've seen them competing. I was there when I went and saw Jack Purchase, who was playing at Hawaii. I went there while the pipe while it was on. Oh my god! Andy. Now it was not great weather conditions okay, right. when yeah. I was there, yeah. so it wasn't like you'd normally come to expect. But when you think of those uh, things in sport that you'd like to experience, being inside one of those waves, mate, you wouldn't even jump off a ten the, meter. The little light. Oh out, yeah. Out the Can tunnel, you imagine? Uh, that would be, and just motoring along, thinking, how would your heartbeat? got to make it. Otherwise, this thing's just going to swallow me up. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be truly, truly mm. awesome. It's not, tw- as, not as hard as a pin drop from 10 metres at the swimming pool, but that would be nice. Here, here. 23 past four. 28 minutes past four. Back to a couple of calls in a moment. I've never met uh, Dr. Sonia Hood. Uh, I think what we've seen so far is... In her tenure as president of the North Melbourne Footy Club, somebody who loves this football club mm-hmm. and has got a real commitment to continue to make it a fantastic footy club for everyone. And I think there's a real affection for her amongst particularly a significant majority of North Melbourne members. Well, she's put out um, a, a statement today, which is going to sadden everybody, I think, in footy and everyone around this show and around mm-hmm. this radio station wishes the doc a, a complete recovery Uh, This is a statement. I wanted to let you all know that I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. The diagnosis was a bit of a shock after the lump was picked up in a routine mammogram, one that I nearly skipped. A subsequent biopsy determined that the lump would need to be removed. I will undergo surgery in the coming weeks and be absent from club events for a short time after that while I recover. Until then, I'm around and I'll be back just as soon as I can be. I'm shocked. I'm a bit angry, a bit scared, but more than all of that, I'm positive. I know that this is going to be okay. We've caught it early and we're not wasting any time in getting rid of it. My specialists expect a full recovery. Aside from sending good vibes, there's only one thing that I'm going to ask <laughs> that you do. If you're someone in your life, mum, dad, partner, mm. sibling, grandparent, should be having routine medical checks and they aren't, nag them into going. It's worst, at worst, it's half an hour they'll never get back, but you just don't know when it might save a life. As always, go Rue Sonia. So... To you, uh, mm, Doc, uh, all the very best, and we wish you, as you've been 
uh, alerted to by the specialists and you're expecting a, a full, full recovery. recovery. We wish that is absolutely the case. That's good news. Rob's in Werribee. It's uh, oh, half past four already. I honestly don't know where today's gone. Half past That four. extra half hour, bring it on. Well, we, we're through to six. No problems. Value adding. In fact, I want to go through to six because there's stuff that we need to talk oh, I about. We could probably squeeze it out to seven if we really had What's to. What's on after us tonight? They have can... a spell, boys. We've got this. <laughs> Actually, don't have a spell. We haven't. Rob's in wherever. Actually, I'm calling the basketball tonight. Oh, you've got to go. I've got to leave it oh, seven. I've got to go and get the fish and chips for the family. That's so that won't be anything. cakes. Delicious. <laughs> well, that's, there will be a couple of potato cakes in Has there. Has to be potato cakes. Well, there will be potato cakes in there. Good. Thank you. Rob's in Werribee. Maybe a dim sim. There'll be a couple on those. Fried, of yep. course. G'day, Rob. How you going, fellas? So, Good, thanks, Rob. Just a just a bit of kind of background on Pipeline itself. At Ahukai Beach Park, when the wave breaks at 10 feet at Pipeline, mm-hmm. it breaks at 2,500 pounds per square inch. So when the wave's only 10 foot just overhead, it's breaking at that much power. Jeez. And it breaks in about a meter of water. So it breaks in a meter of water, and underneath that is either hard sand on one side or razor-sharp reef on the other. Christ. So if you don't think that's an extreme sport, I don't know what is. No. Jamie O'Brien will wear a vest, which is kind of a neoprene vest with extra neoprene on it as, like, armor against the reef. Oh, so he geez. surfs that wave all the time. If you go to Waimea which is a little bit further down, if it's 20-plus foot waves, the ground shakes because the water is pushing boulders across the ground. <laughs> That's just, ridiculous. I, I, one of these days I will be there, and mm. I, not to surf it, just to look at it, and I pray to God, Rob, that you get one of the days where it's mm. going. It doesn't happen very often. It's more often not than not not going off the but way. Andy, that, it's it's it, like with all those extreme activities – how – and I know you graduate to it, so you'll go in other yeah. situations, but when the risks are so high and you're not used to it, surely you're going to have a, the occasional uh, mishap and then you're going crashing down onto a coral reef. Well, I don't think anything prepares a you meter. for – From what I can gather and what I've seen mm. with my own human eyes – Nothing prepares you for that. There's mm. no, I've never seen a wave anywhere in the world mm. that has the sort of power that Rob's talking about that close to shore that breaks um, with that sort of velocity. So mm. I, I don't think anything prepares, by the sounds of things, nothing really prepares you mm. for what. And that's probably why Bede um, talked about it in the with the regard that he did. Of course. Uh, Rick's in Adelaide. Uh, Rick, do you have a walk of shame? We're back to the walks of shame. I like it. Mm. Because Gazy went to the top of the 10-metre uh, uh, board at well, the Warnable Pool and didn't jump. And then, uh, excuse me, I, I know there's hundreds of people on the stairs <laughs> waiting to come up. You'll need to just back it up, thanks, because I need to climb down. Of course. But, Andy, the you, ultimate did, walk of shame. you did the walk. You did the paddle of shame. Yeah, that's, that's true. But not that is Mother Nature winning the battle, mate. That is me conceding to Mother This is you not being able to deal with your own cowardice. Probably. Good right. afternoon to you. <laughs> good that's afternoon good to you, Rick. Yeah, good day, fellas. Uh, great shape. Uh, <clears throat> we'd all jumped off the Elizabeth Ball in South Australia, and uh, we are all about 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And our last one, our mate, he's got up. He's got right up. It had to be 10 metres. Yeah. yeah. He's got right up the top, <laughs> and he's and he's got right to the edge. Yep. And, he, and he's squatted down. Oh, no. Like, we've all done it. Yeah. Right? And we're and he's staying there for like a minute. No, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. We're like, just jump. 
<laughs> not that easy. <laughs> Terrible, Rob. Rick. Squatted down. No, no. And then he's then he's jumped. Mm. Boom. Then he's done the walk of shame coming around us. Oh, but at and least we're he... all laughing. We're all laughing our heads off. Mm. And he's like, "What are you laughing at?" We're like, well, what was the squat going to do? Is that going to save you? What's <laughs> <laughs> that? Oh, it's it's true. I hey, think, Rick. At least he went, Rick. At least at the end of the well, day, your mate went. Actually, my story is actually worse than what I probably told it because it. it I still remember it because oh. it was so traumatic for oh, me. No. <laughs> because should have told, when B- I went should have told out, B. Doobage about this. No, no. When <laughs> I went out and I looked down, I thought, no, no, I can't do that. And then you know what you do? You go back and you just wait. So you let a few others go. You stayed up there. You stay up there for a, a good couple trying of minutes. To, trying, trying to, to gather. muster the courage, yeah. And then you just, nah. So you do contemplate it up there, and then you just somehow or other your brain goes through a process and you said, the walk of shame, you go, mate. as bad as it is, <laughs> is better than a traumatic experience <laughs> of jumping off. <laughs> Got to get to a break. It's 25 to five. It's 25 to five. And you know the other thing Craig about Craig Foster's joined us on the other side. Andy, along with Andy and Terrelgan. As quick. a 13-year-old. Yep, quick. And you see some of the others that you've – other personnel that you've been admiring, and yes. then you see them coming up, bang, no problem. And then you – you're just trying oh. to be yeah, part a of girl, the... Yeah, a girl you're trying to impress. Well, many, but uh, no, trying uh, to be part of the cool Well, group. they're not having part of you at all after that. <laughs> Any part of you. Uh, very go, nice. Here I go, here I go, go. What the hell is that? It's a good tune. What is it? It's a bit of pop. <laughs> what is it, though? This would be um, Ariana Grande. Is that who it is? Is that who it is? No, I don't know. I'm just guessing. The Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. It's a nice track. Very nice. Boppy. Not really our go, Rod. Oh no, Andy! No, it's not our It's more Jared. That's more Jared's kind of. I don't flag. mind it. I'm, I'm I'm with Jared then. I don't mind it. It's nice, Boppy. Tap your foot along, type music. Andy's in Terrelgan has jumped on the line, and it's nah, the nice. first time in 2023. And I uh, hope, like the Billio, that it won't be the last. Mm. Uh, how are you, Andos? Uh, happy New Year, Andy, and g'day, and happy New Year too, Gracie. Thank you, Andy. Too, Andy. Appreciate it. What do you got for uh, us, Coco? Okay, my first question of the year for you both, my famous boys from Melbourne. Yes, yes, mate. See, see if the year of twenty twenty three, name me you both three of the best of the best rubber twenty three from any shot or all time. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, well, you got Michael Jordan, of course. That's number one. No, Derm. we're talking footy, aren't we? Just talking. No, footy. he's saying best number twenty three. Oh, Shane Warne. Shane Warne, Derm. Uh Buddy. Jordan, of Bud course, Wade. is number one by the length of Douglas, the straight. Douglas Wade. Daylight between Jordan. Doug Wade. Why are you going all footy players? Andrew McLeod. I think Hammer. Shane Hill was uh, 23. He rocked it and uh, was dropping them from all over the the park, the court. Andy. David Dench. Yes. Larry Donahue. Mm-hmm. Oh, some magnificent number 23s. And my word. I reckon because of Jordan, though, even the generations that are coming through that have heard about him, I reckon that he would have swayed a lot of people to wear number 23. You know how players wear numbers and you want to be like that player in that number? Yeah, that's true. He, I, would, I, have the, I, he would have the most influence on people wanting to wear a number Stewie of Lowe. anyone in the world. A lot of people would want to wear it because a big bucket's low. Big yes. Stewie. Well, not as many as Michael, but no, yes. that's true. Hmm. Now, good question, Andy. I like it a lot. 
It's 20 to 5. We're going to get to a break. Craig, there's a bit going on in the world of football. Some exciting news about the the advent, potential advent of the second tier in Australian football. Keen to get Fozzie's views on that. But also this blue that's going on between uh, the World Cup host nations, particularly Australia, Australia and FIFA selling off these, these advertising sponsorship rights to Saudi travel. Something going on here that we need to get to the bottom of. A couple of pretty big ticket items going around the world of soccer slash football at the moment. One regarding the, the upcoming Women's FIFA World Cup and the other regarding the A-League and domestic footy here in Australia. Craig Foster, of course, made his name as a player and a football pundit, but stands for so much more than all of that, of course, right now in the modern Australia in which we all live. has been good enough to join us to have a chat about uh, both of those. Hey, Craig, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure, guys. What hope have we got of, of this second tier? The, the, the submissions have now been put by Football Australia for, for teams who meet a pretty stringent criteria to form a second tier. It will presumably allow promotion relegation A-league-wise, but a couple of things need to happen before that's going to... What, what do you think the likelihood is that this will actually come to, to be? Well, um, I'm not privy to the discussions that have occurred behind, and I'd imagine there would have been some preliminary discussions with some of the larger second-tier clubs around the country, obviously, and that consultation uh, has arrived at a position where uh, an expression of interest uh, and submissions has been asked for from the football community. There, As you said, there's some pretty stringent requirements around it, So that, and, and they're talking about 10 to 16 teams, uh, the requirements of a minimum number of staff, which is around 12, that it is, a, it is going to be a professional environment with you know, salaries paid 52 weeks a year. And so, that, so Football Australia has rightly put some uh, guidelines around what the competition looks like. But they're talking about starting March next year, March mm. uh, 2024. And so that's not a lot of time. So I'm hoping that there's been a lot of work done already. They're saying that the submissions will in some way define and shape what the competition looks like. I guess, I guess what that means is, you know, if they get 10 outstanding submissions, then it's a 10, uh, yep. you know, a 10 club league. Yep. Um, but aside, of, aside from that, the, rig, the big problem that the game's had over the last 15 years is just the lack of resources. And so, you know, we've, we've been uh, ploughing everything into the professional game in a really competitive sports environment, trying to find the right solutions you know, whether it's bringing players in from abroad and how to engage with fans. And in going through that process, they've made the call now that it's time to expand um, the, the, to a second professional level. They're talking about uh, promotion and relegation, which everyone knows and, and you know, wants at some point, you know, at, at, at the relevant point in football. Uh, and, of course, we need expansion of opportunities for players and coaches and administrators because, you know, one tier is simply not enough. Hey, Craig, uh, the big issue here, and we, we make the assumption, and you've alluded to it, that this may mm. result in a, a promotion and relegation. But the way it's structured up now, we saw a couple of years ago where the A-League has become almost... Um, uh, not excluded, but that they run autonomously to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Uh, none of the could this still work if the A League said, "Listen, knock yourself out, boys. You're happy to have it, but if you think we're going to have a pro- promotion and relegation, yeah, yeah. you're kidding yourself." Is there that? Is there any authority mm-hmm. from Soccer Australia to force them to a promotion and relegation system? Mm, that's a good question. Um, oh, I think it's unlikely at the moment, given that the professional game has separated itself um, mm. and become independent only in the last, let's say, 18 months or so. Uh, created a new uh, body, um, 
and uh, and you know Australian professional leagues, which means you know the the male and female, and now is really still in the in like the second first and a half season of bringing that to life and trying to understand you know how it is that they're going to take the competition forward after it was owned by Football Australia. So um, the the issue of promotion and relegation is a very sensitive one because as you say, it is a closed competition currently, mm. the A leagues uh, and. Uh, what that means is that the owners have a license for a certain period of time. Mm, mm. And so that license can't be disturbed unless they decide to open that up, which is highly unlikely. So it is a matter of timing, but the second division will need to be started and will need a number of years to become sustainable, to be at a high enough level, uh, and will have to find its own financial sustainability prior to some time down the track, and I don't quite, I can't, I can't really speculate on when that would be, but it's likely at the at the next juncture when those licences for the professional clubs are renewed. At that point, the game would be seeking to say, okay, now is the time when we start promotion and relegation. Craig, the other big issue is this sponsorship deal that FIFA seems to have done with Visit Saudi for the FIFA Women's World Cup that we're hosting with New Zealand in in July and August. Um, Clearly, there's some disquiet around this for a whole lot of obvious reasons. Mm. Is there anything, to your knowledge, is there anything that the local authorities can do to seek some clarity or or get this changed? Mm. Well, uh, they have sought clarity. So we've, uh, you know, I've I've read a piece by Vince Regari in the Simone Herald this morning, which which has quoted the letter from Football Australia and New Zealand Football Federation that's gone to FIFA. And if that is accurate, and I can only assume it is, then it's reasonably strong. And and actually, I applaud Football Australia for the content of that letter and Chris Nickow, the chair. It's not often that we see really strong action taken from Football Australia and many federations around the world. The reason, because the political nature of the game. And we are, you know, we're involved in Asian football and, of course, you know, as a member of FIFA, and therefore they tend to be very conditioned by that. But the response that I've read this morning is very, very strong, and, and it talks about, you know, the in, in, incongruity between the male guardianship system and the breaches of women's rights and LGBTI criminalisation in Saudi Arabia, and then, you know, the inherent values and messaging of the Women's World Cup. And, and what's really is, I think... Um, uh, you know, uh, giving pause for thought for all of the community and the players is the fact that, you know, if you look at the players that it's going to be playing, and, and let's take the Matildas, for example, uh, the majority of them, uh, if they were Saudi, would be criminalised and in prison yeah. for, on the basis of their sexuality, and they would be considered legal minors throughout the duration of their life. So it's simply not possible. Now, can... Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the letter. So has Football Australia and New Zealand asked for uh, that... Uh, sponsorship to be rescinded. I haven't seen that, and, and quite frankly, I would doubt it. Um, but what's my, most important now is that the players are certainly going to say something, mm. is that the athletes both here and all around the world make their view very, very clear, uh, and they, don't, they, they think it's absolutely inappropriate, and call on FIFA uh, to withdraw that sponsorship. Is that possible? Well, um, anything's possible, um, you know, if, and because the power is in the hands of the athletes. And if they step aside now, which the males were un, unable to do and unwilling to do and weakly uh, back down in the Qatar World Cup when they wanted to wear those colourful rainbow armbands, 
if the if the women of the women's world cup let's say the captains of a whole range of uh, prominent countries including ours uh, stood and said listen we're not we're not competing you know if this because this this is simply not acceptable um, then there'd only be one choice left open to FIFA I'd imagine well, it'll be fascinating to see if there is a will to make the statement in the first place, Craig, and then stand by it when the um, inevitable pressure comes to bear, as we as we saw in the in the men's World Cup uh, uh, late last year. Um, it yeah. is going to be one to watch. Uh, oh, mate, as is always the case, it's great to have you on the show. We appreciate you making yourself available, yes. like you do all the time. Thanks for being part of it this afternoon. My pleasure, guys. Always happy to talk to you too. Ah, you're a good Craig man. Foster, that, one of that makes me feel of, so good. One of the all-time, he one of the great mm. modern Australians. This bloke, beyond what he's done on the sporting field. Oh no, as a humanitarian, elite. Oh, I, I, I'd like, I'd like to see him take a more prominent role in Australia. A bit more official. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him even stepping up a bit. Uh, you get my vote. Uh, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us on this very frosty Friday afternoon. Shocking. Keith, uh, the weather's Raining. been uh, real nasty here in Melbourne town. Bit of sunshine around at the moment. Hopefully there's going to be a lot of sunshine upon the Hawkers in 2023. Mm. You know, the pundits out there have uh, got Hawthorne pegged in the second half of the ladder, but uh, Hawthorne will be thinking there is no ceiling on what we can produce this year. Of course year. there's not. Young list. Mm. Who knows how quickly no, no, they'll come to hand. The youngest. Thank you. But they'll, the be, youngest. they'll be learning on a couple of their mid-level uh, to experienced veterans. No doubt. To just lead the way. One of the, We had Braden Maynard on the show the other day. Mm-hmm. And I said to you. You did. He's one of those blokes I wouldn't mind if he was wearing the mm. jumper of the club that I support. Mm. Well, the bike we're about to say good day to, he's another one of those. Mm. Blake Hardwick joins us on the show. Hey, mate, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. No worries at all. How are you guys? Very we're, good. We're going better than you blokes at Hawthorne at the moment. All we're going to do what? is punch the crap out of one another. Oh, what, that's true. What's, go, what's going on down there at, uh, at the Hawks? Oh, that was a bit of fun. A uh, bit of fun in Gippsland yesterday. Um, <laughs> we try to make our, our game players as close to game-like as we can, so sometimes that gets a bit fiery and um, we don't mind seeing it, so it was, it was good. It was a bit of fun. And uh, who was involved in the a little altercation? Now, I believe James Sicily was a part oh, of it. A Here's a surprise. Which really took, we are blown away that he'd actually be engaged in that type of behaviour. Who else was uh, in and amongst it all? Yeah, it is a bit surprising that he was involved, but um, no, nah, it was just the, it was just the forwards versus the backs. Um, we, oh. we always go at each other a bit and it got... Got a bit fiery after holding the ball, I think. So right, <laughs> and uh, and does the coach uh, have to say to tell a few people to have a bit of a spell, or do you just shake hands? How do you how do you deal with those types of altercations? No, nah, I guess all you guys see is just that one one photo or one bit of vision. But then a minute a minute later, the boys are the boys are having a laugh together and a joke around about about the situation. <laughs> so yeah, it's not as not as uh, serious as serious as it, mm. as it looked. Nice. Well, how are you assessing? I mean, it's early and we, you know, we're all back from Christmas now and most of you blokes have been on your camps or, 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 or still on them. So we don't really know. We're still a mm-hmm. month away from um, you know any sort of form line being ascertained through a gameplay. But how are you feeling about the group that you're part of this year? I'm oh, feeling good. Um, we're definitely very young and that's that's exciting. We're, um, I think we're very fit. Uh, got some young legs in the, in the team so hopefully we can um, run over a few teams and get some wins on the board this year. It'll be nice. Does it, does mm. Just on that, sorry, Gazy, yep. does any of that, you know, this list that you've been part of you know, since 2016, I think it was, might have been your first yep. year, but it's gone through some, you've seen some, you know, some real serious um, senior level talent has kind of left the club. 
Um, yep. Does that get explained? Does, does the list management and the strategy of you know the, the evolution of list does that get explained to you guys at all? Uh, yeah, it does. It does a bit, I guess. Um, Sam, we're all on the same page, and um, Sam speaks us through all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and it has changed a lot, as you said. Uh, 2016. I don't think there's too many left on the list since since I got there. Um, maybe just a handful. Um, so it's been a big turnover, but yeah, they they do work work through it with us and let us know what they're doing and stuff like that. And you've just wrapped up a, a four day camp at Gippsland. Uh, we've seen some camps just not function as we'd normally like to see in the past, and uh, I'm sure there's been some lessons learned by all the clubs in relation to these oh, types yes, of, of course. Uh, these types of get-togethers for football clubs. What was it mainly uh, on the field type training or leadership building? Talk us through what goes on in uh, the Hawks camp. Uh, I think it was yeah uh, a bit of training, but also just the connection. We're a pretty um, pretty new new group. We had a we had I think five or six from the draft and a few come over from um, other teams. So um, yeah, bonding time I guess to to get together and um, get away from the club for a bit. And, yeah, as you said, training as well was was pretty tough. So those team-building tactics, Blake, we're talking to Blake Hardwick from the Hawks, those team-building tactics, clubs, some clubs, not all of them, some clubs can, seem keen to find the next way into a player's psyche and a group psyche yes. and get them to do stuff that, you know, to, even without mm. the players knowing is building team camaraderie. And I noticed uh, one club, I think it might have been the Giants, they spent half a day, or there or thereabouts the other day. One of the tasks was uh, they'd get a group of players, mm-hmm. and multiple groups all around the place, around a table, and they were given a whole lot of uh, pieces of rice, <laughs> some brown rice, some oh, white rice. And they had to spend the entire day separating the white from the oh, brown. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this oh, was, you know, so they'd sit there. And, oh, I am not making it up. This, actually, making it up. this took place the other day, okay. Keith. Did you, uh, were there any, and I'm not sure whether that, Helps you win a game of footy mm. or not, but somebody does. So it's you know whatever. Did you uh, did you have to do any of that sort of harebrained sort of stuff? <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> no, no, none of that for us. Um, that doesn't sound too fun, but yeah, none of that for us. Do you well, reckon, what what, what yeah, other are, are there any sort of abstract things that we'd be looking at, and perhaps if it's taken out of context, we may not understand why you were doing it. But is there some of that stuff that you do get involved in? <laughs> oh, that one's a bit out there. Uh, nothing, nothing like that. We had a we had a um, bit of a karaoke going on. Oh, nice. That's about, that's about yeah. all for us, yeah, right? Anyone, anyone, anyone got anyone got any decent pipes? Because there's the Australian bloke, the offensive lineman uh, playing over at the Philadelphia Eagles next with Jordan Mailata, mm. who was on American Idol, and he's got a magnificent <laughs> set of pipes. That's right. Is there anyone at Hawthorne who can really bang out a tune? Oh, no, not really. Not too many. What about, um, unfortunately, I tell you, it was in the car when I heard the news and it was a a genuine setback with uh, Mitch Lewis and and the unfortunate injury that he's had. Have you got any updates on on how uh, his season's going to look? Um, Not too sure yet. Um, We know he's going to probably miss the the round one game and not too sure past that, but um, I think it... I think now it's looking pretty positive. Um, at the start, there was a bit of worry, but um, mm. I think it's looking more positive now and hopefully not not too far into the season he's back. 
So Good. who are the – give us a couple of the – I know you don't want to separate individuals and all the rest of it. No one ever does. But give us a, yeah. one or two of the young blokes, whether they've been at the club for a year or two now or maybe even, you know, one or two of the young blokes who have just arrived. But who you you and a couple of the other senior boys have looked down and thought, oh, gee, I reckon he's come on pretty quickly. Are there a couple who you're expecting will make significant leaps forward this year? Uh, yeah, uh, someone like John Newcomb, he played very well last year. He had a big leap, but I think someone like him, he's only he's only twenty twenty one now, so I think he's going to take another leap. He looks he looks unreal at training, um, big, strong, and fit. So he's uh, I reckon he'll take another step step forward. And uh, I like the look of um, Meek that we got across from Fremantle. He's he's looking good. He's going to be handy in the in the ruck, chopping out uh, Big Ned Reeves. So, yeah, I like the look of those two at the moment. And what about Carl Amon? Well, you know, he's sort of established himself now over at Port Adelaide, comes to the footy club, ready, made, beautiful link player in between the arcs. What have you What have you made of, of his early days as a Hawk? Yeah, he's been great. He's um, fitting in the boys nicely, and he's he's one of the better trainers I've seen. He's, um, he's always up there in the running um, in the top two, so... Yeah, he's one of the better trainers I've seen, I reckon. So he's gone, he's gone real well. And what about the new blokes, uh, Cam McKenzie? What was oh, he yeah. number Elite six? Thoroughbred. I think he was. Was it uh, number uh, six? seven? I reckon he might have been. Well, yeah. very early on in the uh, proceedings. Top ten. Yeah. yeah. How's he looking? Yeah, he's looking very, very good. He's um, looks like a ready-made footballer. Um, some of the some of the younger boys come in a bit light light on, and he's he's come in and he looks. He looks strong, and yeah, I think he's ready to go. And uh, Josh Weddle as well, mm. one of our higher picks. Um, he's looking, he's looking very well. Very and where, good. Where, with Mackenzie, what what sort of role are you, are you expecting of him to play? Uh, he's midfield. He's inside mid. He's pretty tough and um, gets in there. So yeah, in the mid. Gee, it's a young. When you think about it, Blake, it's and it's a, it's a, been a conscious decision, hasn't it, by the footy club? But you are, you are in that part of the ground, around the footy at the coalface, you're going to be by far the youngest group of players in, in, in the AFL this year. Yeah, for sure. Our midfield group is, is definitely our youngest part. We have some experience in the forwards and backs. Um, but, yeah, midfield, midfield group's going to look pretty young, but that's exciting, and I'm sure they're going to be running all over teams, hopefully. So, um, yeah, hopefully these young legs can can get going and get us some wins. And we saw last season, there was glimpses of a style of play that looked really attractive. Now, CJ bouncing off half-back flanks. Oh, my favourite. Blake, uh, and Blake, Blake, of course. course. But we saw the way, and it uh, it wasn't able to be held up over an extended period of of time. But now, with such a young group, uh, are we going to see a change in the style that you guys seem to be implementing last season? No, I don't think so. We're um, we're on the same page again, and it's just um, improving from what we what we started uh, last year with our game style. Um, so, yeah, just taking another step forward with that. You won't see too much change, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it's just improving on all those little things that Sam implemented last year. And runner-up a couple of times now in the club's best and fairest mm. award yourself. Uh, who are you going to beat this year? Mm. You'll, you'll win it this year. So that's a given. Who, who you, and yeah. you thoroughly deserve it. Of course he does. Who, who will be running second to you in the club's best? And we'll, we'll just get this as part of the rep public record right mm, now, Blake. Nice. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but I reckon John Newcomb and um, Sis, Sis and Maury will be up there again, I'm pretty sure. So mm. they're, look, they're looking good. There's a few around. Hey, hey yeah. Blake, we're fortunate here uh, in what I do, whether it's um, the Chief, 
or, or Derm, uh, some absolute legends of the Hawthorne Football Club. Get to speak a lot of them. That's Do they, a good point. Are they, um, are they down there all that often uh, just trying to share some of their knowledge? Are they still involved? Uh, I reckon I've seen them a few times over my time. But, yeah, a lot of past players um, do get through the club. We have some past players day where, days where they get they get to training and get the kit on and ha- run around and have a kick with us. So you do you do see them, um, yeah, quite often. But oh, I haven't seen those two in a while. Oh. Well, you got a comment to make about that? Look, oh, that's a bit of a setback. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought they'd be down there. Dropped off a bit. Maybe when the the old fellas when they when they get down there, do you sort of just listen to them and you know? And just, well, come on, boys, that Probably was a long, a long time ago. Right. You're trying to tell us how to kick like that? We go around the corner and all that type of rubbish. Uh, do, do, is a bit of that kick in? Oh uh, no, they they stick to the off field stories that they tell us about, which, uh, nice. which are pretty pretty funny from back in the day. So, and what about you? What about your role? Yeah. What about your role, Blake? You've established yourself in the role that you play, but a couple of times we've seen you go higher up the ground and, you know, spend a bit of time, you know, sort of out of that defensive 50. Is there, or is it more what we've seen from Blake Hardwick in 2023 or might there be um, some alterations more consistent, more consistently to the way you're used? Uh, yeah, I started started off last year with a lot of lockdown roles and, um, yeah, roles on the opposition forwards. Um, and yeah, ended the year playing a bit more freely up the ground. So uh, it just it's dependent on who we play, I think, and if there's a role for me and um, who else is in the team. Like Sam Frost gets those roles sometimes too. Um, so yeah, depending on a couple different things, but yeah, maybe maybe more a bit higher up the ground this year. Yeah, good. And uh, the footy good club's on. just announced that it's extended. I think it's a three-year extension with the relationship with uh, Tasmania. Uh, how is it going down there? Is it uh, how do you? In- do you enjoy going down there and playing? Yeah, we're we're on to end of twenty five now. I think they they announced. Um, and yeah, it's good. It's one of the everyone says it's the best deck in the AFL to play on. The surfaces down there is unreal. So yeah, it's nice nice to get down there away mm. from home for a bit. And um, yeah, as I said, the deck there is is um, is awesome. And do, you, do when you think of uh, expansion and that everyone's talking about the. Tasmania a team coming in uh, with your experiences with the footy down there. What, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, I think it'd be it'd be great for Tassie to get a team down there. Um, probably would mean we wouldn't be going down there anymore to play. I think, but um, no, I think it'd be great for great for Tassie down there to have their own team. That would mm. be awesome. No doubt about that. Hey, mate, uh, it's not too far away now. We've got the uh, release of the pre-season games um, on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever date it was this week. Once you see that in paper and you get the dates Mm. and, you know, it it feels like it's kind of really close. And I guess you're feeling the same thing now. It's only a couple of weeks away before you put the footy boots on and you go up against another team and you get to really get a sense of how you're going. We can't wait. Can't wait to see what you and the Hawks are going to bring to the table in 2023. Thanks for coming on the show. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Good on you, Blake Hardwick, joining us on the show. and uh, That's Fan Ingham too, by the way. What's that? About, I think Sammy Edmund broke that uh, news earlier on today. About I think it was the Giants he was talking about. Mm -hmm. They, in groups, as part of their pre-season camp, sat around. Yeah, and they were given a whole pile of uh, brown and white rice. And together, they had to separate them. What do you think that's trying to teach them? You tell me. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I've got no idea. Patience. Perseverance. There's got to be some team theme for that. No, it is. It's it's all about, oh, you've got to talk. Oh, oh. 
the ability to sort of you know communicate with yeah. one another and have the patience to work through you know what might be considered a do they have to cook it and eat relatively, it as well? No, I don't believe so. Relatively Just sort of mind numbing type arrangement. Mm. Oh, do you does that stuff work? Just bring a real broad brush. Some of it does. Generalise. You reckon it does? Some of it. I don't know about the brown rice, white rice exercise, but there are other ones that you do some really quirky things. Works, doesn't it? No, the Richmond boys are down there making sandcastles. Carrying around logs of wood and those things. So just to no, I understand, teamwork. Yeah, I understand that. Like, that's mm. a physical element to that. No, but it's also how you work how about making sand, How about making sandcastles? Um, How's that go? Yeah, I don't know. I reckon that might well, Do just... you know or not? I don't. Do you have a theory about it or not? I would put it in the lower end of uh, <laughs> value Come that it can on, provide. Sandcastles. Come on. Now, man. you've got to always understand the context. Yeah, of I do. Oh, I understand man. the context. Well, if you, there, there might Someone be a reason. Someone said it's a good idea and they've gone, oh, we've got nothing else to do mm. for that half hour. Let's make them separate, separate brown and white rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's around eleven, like, around eleven, when we're this, up at the Gold Coast, and where it's eleven points a diff at three quarter time, that brown and white rice thing so that'll don't get us over. Any. I, yeah, I, no, you're dead right on that one. I, I don't understand. I agree that in the way you've presented it seems ridiculous, but I'm sure there are other things that had some context around it. Now I don't know what it possibly. Could. I'm only talking about the brown and white. That's rice. what I'm talking. There, 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 so you need some context with that. There'd be something in there that wouldn't be just separate brown and right, white rice and away you go, fellas. <laughs> There'd be some message in there somewhere, surely. <laughs> Steve's on the road, don't you think? Oh, I don't know. I suppose so. Well, there oh, have to. Well, be, you'd be yeah, hopefully you've... there's some method behind it, but have to be. <sighs> oh, Steve's on the road. Uh, Steve, welcome to the program, great man. How are you guys? Going well, well Steve. Bit of a fun one for Friday to get a bit of a laugh. Love um, it. Uh, got a new song that uh, for the Footy Club that after their fights. So hang on, got a new song for the Hawthorne Footy Club oh, after I'm the Blue sure. Vader training yesterday. Gonna like Go on, what is it, Steve? We're unhappy team at Hawthorne. We're the mighty fighting Hawks. We've got no, we've got no class. No one gives two hoots. We run dead last. Like we're all bit an all-in brawl. The way we are at Hawthorne. <laughs> I don't like this. Well, it's a good thing I, you broke the up line, a little bit The line bit was there. breaking up a bit. We Steve got the message. Of, Steve put a bit of work into that. And it was rhymed nicely. I don't mind the work he's putting in, but that's just really hurtful type uh, song. We want it to be uplifting on a Friday. Well, as Blake told us, I mean, mm. two minutes later, they're all having a nice old laugh together. Well, and, you're kidding you know, yourself if you think that this doesn't happen uh, quite often. Only now, not regularly, but quite often. Only at Hawthorne and Essendon. That is absolute garbage. <laughs> of course it is. What about your bloke, the stomper no, at what Carlton? He, yeah, when he kicked... Yeah, when, buddy... Oh, who was it? Yeah, Sa- it? Satana, Satana kicked cloak uh, up the arse. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that's... That happens everywhere, mate. That's more vicious than a bloke's just having vicious. a wrestle. Come on. Vicious. Outrageous, you blokes. So you reckon the brown and white mm. rice pulling that apart actually serves some purpose? Well, yeah, that's how you're saying it. There's no context that you're providing around it. That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, I'm sure there's more to it oh, than maybe, the way you've yeah. described it. Oh, okay, it's 22 past. So you reckon they just said, sit around, we've just whacked a, a, a bit of <laughs> long grain rice, here's brown, and here's white, know whether that, and you just separate it for no I reason. Caniglio's table hasn't got more rice on it than someone else's table. That's what I'm saying, Andy. There's there's a reason they did it. It's right. I want to There'd make be a sure. a message in there somewhere. There might be other activities associated with it. If it's not, it's a load of rubbish. So this this extra half hour on right. Friday's got whiskers on it because 
we've done our we're, we now go onto a different clock. Apparently, we're on the sports day clock, and and Jared and Kane, in all their wisdom, because mm-hmm. they they like what they bring together mm. to the table. In oh, the they're first putting half together hour. a magnificent a, couple of hours of radio. Quite right. Mm. But they like to come off the long run uninterrupted in their first half out, no ad breaks. So we are now, we're here together without That's an great ad break. news. Hey, Andy, check this out. Here's a new, you know, in the brown rice. A little white, bit of a chop out wouldn't be a bad thing, but you know, the, can we play a song? The brown, no, I don't think I'll get through this. Yes, we will. You know the. <laughs> no, no. You know the uh, brown rice, white rice. We're going to that band. Uh, Sol from Rosebud, I think he's found a motivation for it all. Oh, a reason for it. Did they make them do it with chopsticks? So if you're looking for a bit of no, bit of hand-eye coordination. Oh right, that's what. Okay, well that makes marginal sense. I mean, if you're trying to teach people mm. to be surgeons, I can mm. understand why that might you know fine touch you know incredibly. Mm. Maybe the, by the way, James Bob, in Gold Coast is a very wise man too. Thank you very much. What did he say? Nah, just oh, he's even I'm watching your DVD, your highlights <laughs> that you read out before. I did not read it out. It's amazing how a man who has achieved you... so very, very much, <laughs> when you get one nice complimentary temper text, mm. you like to get Benny in, A-Rod in, you like to get all of us in and That's say, hey, oh, look at this on the uh, temper text. That is not true. Again, Gather round. Again, you are lying. Gather round anyway, and uh, have oh, a listen on. to this. Well, we've got a little something coming in here because it's an extra half hour. I believe oh, cheeses are on the way. This is magnificent hey, Andy. from the carpet strollers upstairs. Andy. Hey, Bobby Kuchenmeister, by the way, mm. uh, 8.33, not 10.33. Bobby Kuchenmeister at 8.30, at 10.33, as JJ suggested, mm. he'd be sound asleep mm. at 82 years of age. Leanne Leanne jumps from uh, the, well, we'll we'll roll from, what do they call it? The barrier. Yeah, jump from the foregate, whatever they say. Barrier. And as Bob Kuchenmeister said, not brilliant from the gate, mm. but can uh, muster some uh, speed and uh, can maintain a good cruising speed. So, hey, Andy, at fifteen bucks, whatever it is, we wish uh, we wish her all the very it best. Is. And he was on the show, oh, so right. hopefully a bit of good luck. Nice hey, Andy, if you want to blow the Scheisenhausen out of the phones and have people uh, coming, just unbelievable and putting real real stresses on our phone system. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you read the story? Oh, by the way, we've still got the Callaway to give away too. Well. The Paradigm Driver. could be it. Valued at over $1,000. I think the boys out the back have got already a clubhouse leader, but they can certainly be overtaken. But, Andy, uh, I want you to talk to me through this uh, story that I believe Jake Nile Was it Jake Nile that wrote, He did. This, my word, he did. This story, uh, it's about the AFL funding model. Oh, yeah. This and, always gets people going. And what it is, they are... I don't know whether they're how accurate they are, but they are no. estimates on yep. what each club's going to receive from the AFL. Correct. And you can go through the breakdown, but basically the top of the table, the Gold Coast from the AFL this year will be and GWS, I should say. So both those two teams are receiving twenty five million, as opposed to West Coast, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and Richmond, who are only receiving between, say. Ten point five and eleven million. Yeah, ten and a half and eleven. So there's a fourteen million dollar discrepancy. Now, I personally don't have a problem with this because I'm sure there's some merit and science behind the rationale of why this has to be done. But I have no doubt that people in Clubland will be would be arguing that that's not fair. Well, to that end, the new Collingwood CEO, now the president, the, the recently appointed president, uh, Jeff Brown, had something to say about this a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the clubs on the AFL funding model, 
Craig Kelly had been in the job for five minutes, of course. The new Collingwood CEO, love Craig Kelly, magnificent human being. Figuratively uh, speaking, not... No, wasn't. I actually have a lot of love for him. Mm. But uh, he he has uh, left us in no uh, uncertainty at all mm-hmm. about the Collingwood position when it comes to the, if you want to call it, the, the distribution model. Some call it a handout. The distribution model that Gazy's talking about. Keen to take some calls on this if you're that way inclined. But this is what Craig Kelly had to say earlier this week. Well, that's a setback. Come on, Rod. Get the cheesels out of your gob. Oh, he's just stuffed oh, his face with cheese. Make money. Be profitable. Yeah and deliver to the members. At the end of the day, there's no point running a business if you're not actually running it successfully and, and not draining the competition. I mean, ultimately, every club in the competition should be um, delivering to the competition and, and and not sucking from it. So to me, um, you know, the big clubs have provided a lot to that's shared between a lot of other clubs. Um, we, we all should want to be run successful businesses and... They have to be profitable, but also you have to play a style of footy and be entertaining. We're in the entertainment business, guys. And at the end of the day, we want to have a full stadium, uh, full memberships, and that makes us profitable, but it also delivers to the fan what they want. At the end of the day, the fans are our owners. It's, uh, we're not like the states where we're privately owned. So, so do you reckon that is directly related to this information that's being distributed well, I, around well, what, the funding model? Well, what else could it be? Well, so, so Cole, every club gets a distribution from the AFL, as they, they should. Do. It's not it's not the AFL's money. I mean, ostensibly, you know, well, not legally, they're a non-for-profit mm. organisation. So every dollar earned by the game goes back into the game. No one's, you know, the AFL's. It's not it's not Gillen McLaughlin's money. No, that he is benevolent, benevolently giving out to to these no, clubs course. out of the kindness of the his clubs own money. He's duty bound to give it back because without the clubs and without the players, there's no game. But Craig Kelly's view is is is. Well understood. Mm-hmm. We're the ones, we being the big clubs, who get 60, 70, 80,000 every week. Hawthorne, we're the ones that are generating the massive money. Mm. We're the ones that are generating the huge interest. So why aren't we? We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be helping generate the big dough and then seeing the money generated by us mm. given to those who are leeching from the game. And I'll use my own words on that occasion, but that's the general gist of those who say mm. that, you know, you are the, the Darwinian method of you so, know, the so survival of the fittest. So on that basis, Andy, that would mean that he would be an advocate for maybe, what, a 10-team well, competition? Well, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's a question if you're having an absolutely mm. open and frank conversation with advocates of that view. Mm. What, how many, what, what is the end point? What do, you, what do you see as the best thing for this competition? Mm. Is it a reduction in teams? And well, if it is to be a reduction in teams where only mm. the strong survive and only those who turn a profit, you know, and I'm, and I'm taking what Craig said and, and running, you know, down the track with it here, obviously, mm-hmm. but that only those who, who add to the game financially, um, only they survive. Mm. If that's the case, stand up and say who should be out. But hang on, Who but, do you want to punt? But I think that's all shows also... Uh, and what do you want it to look like? How many teams do you want in the competition? But, but what, is, is it worth mm, subsidising clubs mm, like the Gold Coast and GWS? It, these are approximates. Mm, They're getting paid two and a half times more mm, annually mm, than clubs like Collingwood. Now, I can understand why that sticks in the craw at Collingwood. Mm-hmm. I can understand that completely. Mm-hmm. But do they make the competition better? But, but I think... Or that, not. Yep, I think comments like that fail to recognise, or maybe they're recognised and they're just arguing the the difference between them. Because I think that everyone acknowledges that 
It might be just a coincidence. It may not be directly a direct correlation. But as the game has expanded and more teams have come in, more revenue has come into the game. Yes, that is true. So, so, is that coincidental or is that a fact that there are more teams in the comp? Well, I think that there is an element that you're growing the game, you're, you're growing the game at all different levels, and therefore more is going to filter through to the top as well as the bottom. So I think that there is uh, an element to that, and I'm not sure whether if, you know, Craig Kelly's here, he might say, okay, I understand that we have to, there needs to be some type of, uh, unequal distribution because we all have different circumstances no and some don't have as many advantages as others. He might say that, but when he looks at this and sees $25 million that they receive as opposed to $10 million which he receives, uh-huh. he might be arguing and say, well, that, that's just too much. That is too much of a disparity between what they're getting and what we're getting. Now, I'm putting words in. Now, I don't know. He no, might, no, that's what we are doing. We he are. might yeah. be saying, no, this should be egalitarian and everyone should get the same. Well, you're not equal because well, what happens some to the, people, What happens to the competition then? That's right. So some people have advantages. He plays in a stadium that holds 100,000. They play in a stadium that holds 25,000. You can't. They're not all equal. So if they're not all equal you, and you want to have an expanded competition – then clearly some are going to have to be subsidised more than others. Is that accepted? Of course. Do you well, think? Well, no, no. I think that's exactly uh, as it is. Mm. Is it as it should be? Mm. That is the question. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of people who want to join in the conversation. Told that's, a, that's a fantastic thing. Mm. Uh, they've jumped on the King Island Golf Talkback number. Play King Island's Pure Links Golf Course. Oh, we'll Tell be down what, there in a now, month or so, won't we? we? Will. Now would be a beautiful time to go down there. Mm. Oh, Superb. Still a bit of sunlight, and the, still long days. Mm-hmm. The weather might just be, although the weather around here has been a bit wild the last couple. But oh, let's pick up in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So jump on a plane, go to Southern mm. Airlines, speak to the boys over there, boys and girls. They'll, mm. they'll get you on a plane. Well, I wouldn't want to be on a plane the last couple of days. How windy is it? Been? These pilots are freaks, mate. Oh, they are. No, 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 no. We came back from Dermot and I mm. came back from Mildura in an hellacious <laughs> tempest. Oh, I like. It. See, eviscerate and hellacious. My two words. <laughs> and now you are just lightning and thunder mm. all over the joint in a in a rainstorm yep. for twenty five minutes. Mm. Didn't even feel the plane land. Heroes. It was magnificent. Mm. Andrew is in Adelaide. Uh, Andrew, the uh, Jake Niles uh, published the AFL funding distribution for twenty twenty three. It'll rub some people up, you know, the wrong way. No question, it always does. Um, where are you coming at this one from? Katie, uh, good to speak to you. And uh, Andy, still a Carlton supporter, so you're a bloody legend. Well, so are um, you, Andrew. Aren't we all? Uh, 22 well, prem- we got 22 premierships no, on the board. No, well, According to we Colin got. Carter. No, he doesn't. We, we, are now, well, we didn't need to follow it. Let, let Andrew speak, We're now please. up to 22, thanks. Andrew's in Adelaide. Sure. He's probably on an STD phone call, and this might be costing him a little more. Than- you should go to the now, doctor and get that looked at. Now, Gazy, come on, please. Uh, I, I look at it from a, like the distribution. No one owns the game. The the public own the game, and the distribution because you play at the MCG or you play at a bigger stadium. That, that, it's irrelevant. Every club should get an equal share, so the game continues to grow and yep. run grassroots footy and keep all those things going. And if we go down that path where the bigger clubs get more, um, you know that'd be like Western Australia saying, "Well, hang on, guys, we generate a vast majority of the GST for this country." We want we want the lion's share. Solid it, point. This would never work. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I think you know this this notion that clubs or the bigger clubs own the game 
I just think people get a little bit ahead of themselves and uh, forget where the game started. Thank yep. you, Andrew. I doubt very much Craig Kelly is suggesting that that they shouldn't get some more. I don't, I don't think he's saying that. Now I might be wrong, but I don't think he, I don't think anyone that's got a love of the game would suggest that, would they? I don't know. It's just that that is a you know it's a fifteen million dollar difference in what the Gold Coast are receiving. Yeah, multiplied by two. So, because yeah. his two clubs getting fifteen GWS. million more than Collingwood, mm. and then the Brisbane Lions are getting about yeah. twenty million more, as are North Melbourne and St Kilda. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that adds up pretty quickly, Keith. And these are approximates. Mm. Brent's in here. You were about to. Yeah, took a big deep breath. Well, there. I, I thought was, you might be about to say something else. And I wanted. I, well, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but well, I may not. I would guess that the reason why I say St Kilda and Melbourne and Western Bulldogs get and they're around that sixteen to nineteen million range. That is still getting significantly more than the body yep. is that that they are in financial positions that they're repairing or well, have well, been well, through well, a AF- repair situation. Yeah, the AFL's been on St Kilda's case for a little while now, and Craig to, Kelly to do more to do more than mm. they have been done in the past. And, and Craig Kelly is well within his rights to understand. Well, yeah, we might have some advantages, but if you've messed it up, uh, there, there there is. Yeah. A bailout that you go, that well, we can only tolerate so much. But you know, right? but you oh, know good what? on you, Collingwood. No, I'm not saying I'm don't uh, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he, well, he was word. rightly to say exactly well, what you're hang doing. on. Some of your situation may be because of mismanagement. Now I don't know if that's the case. Well any well, stretch. Mis- you don't have to look too far to find mismanagement at mm. a lot of football clubs, do you, Keith? Well, I reckon And whether that's hurt the bottom line or not, mismanagement is mismanagement. Mm. And Collingwood's had some issues in recent times. And that's why the AFL come in and give them a little extra and they also put some pretty strict uh parameters about how they can operate. Brent is in I it. think they handle it quite well most of the time, don't they, Andy? Well, you'll, you'll just make the statement. Well, in my observations... We'll Brent. Okay, let's Thank talk Thank you very Brent. much. Brent's in Airport West. Good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, boys. Is there anything left after Gazy's just uh, just ripped the argument out of everyone's hands? Or? I like Gazy getting... I like him coming well, off the long run, Brent. I like, the I fact, like it. Yeah. And I like the fact that Brent yeah. might be agreeing with some of my stuff. Fire away, Brent. There is, a, there is a little bit of, uh, of agreeance there, Gazy, but uh, look, it, it's a hard one because at the end of the day, the league is only as strong as its weakest link and, and the last thing that we want to do is turn it into the English Premier League where four out of 32 teams are realistically the only ones to, uh, to, win, uh, to win a championship. But you know, when you look at the, the, shoe, the shoes on the other foot and you have a look at the, uh, the West Coast Eagles, for instance, who... You know, do get a fair chunk of dough, mm-hmm. but just prior to them uh, building their uh, their facility, I have it on very good authority that they had around about fifty eight million dollars in their bank account with wow. nothing to spend it on. They, they are fifty eight million. They are a financial powerhouse. No, fifty eight million reserves. Oh God. I, well, that wouldn't surprise me. Well, they shouldn't be getting if 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 West Coast have got fifty eight million in reserve. Well, what what if that's committed to a future fund or something? What, what if that is... Yeah, that's a good point. That could be locked away well, they are, for... By the know, way, West Coast receive equally the 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 lowest... What, the West Coast Eagles, I, I have... They, I, are, I they say are the this, lowest. I say this without having spent one second studying annual reports right. or looking into the bank accounts of any of the 18 clubs. Right. But I'll say this confidently. Mm. When it comes to financial might, mm. no one has a bicep to match that of the West Coast Eagles. <laughs> is that right? None. 
Mm. They are. The, the, they think about what's Collingwood. Think about what's been, Collingwood. No chance. No chance. Minnowed by the wow. West Coasters. Think about what's been going on over there since mm. West Coast's inception, mm. and how all everything funnels all the power uh, and finance and mining. Think about all of the West Australian mm. iconic West Australian industry kicking in. Well, just the link to the West Coast Eagles. Yeah. With the chairman of the AFL. No, I mean, that's true. they have got, they're all powerful, mm-hmm. the West Coast. And they have right now got, well, they have well, got, a, they've got a financial might that I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't even think Collingwood when, when can match. When uh, you speak of reserves, I know I the could Hawthorne, be completely wrong. I could Hawthorne, be whistling Dixie. The, Hawth- the Hawthorne Football Club has sold both their, uh, estab- you know, their poker game uh, establishments. And that, that was a, for last year, I think it was, Andy, wasn't it? And that yeah. was. That was across the two venues. It was a large, so they would have significant reserves as well. I suspect, they and would. that's probably why they are also equal. What's going on with Dingley, Lois? Uh, just trying to raise a bit more money. I think oh, about eighteen. Mil- how much more do they need? They just sold about all eighteen, eighteen, twenty mil. Equals oh, thirty-five million dollars. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that much, but they need a little bit of a kick along. Mark's in Greenvale. For, we'll get back to a few other people want to talk about equalisation and okay. uh, the funding stuff going on, but. Uh, Mark's in Greenvale wants to talk about something else just for the time being, and we're happy to do it. We've still got the uh, Paradigm Driver mm. from uh, Callaway to give away. Jeez. Oh, oh. Hey, Andy, I, I'm, am Good I that Lord. old school that I, I, don't know, I may have got the, the acronyms wrong, but a bit of feedback coming yeah, no, off well, from I think the you STD. To, yeah, you can go to the doctor and get that looked after. <laughs> no, but Andy, do you remember that when it was a... And out of your region. It was an STD line. Thank you. It was. So I wasn't trying to no. be silly. It actually was called... It was. An STD phone call. <laughs> it was. It was, Andy. It, no, it was. It was in your 03 in front of it. It was like an, an interstate phone number. Mate, even if you wanted to get the Cranbourne, or I Ballarat think. Ballarat and Geelong. Had to get, had an extra <laughs> couple of digits in front of it. How old were you? Sort of part of the problem in the first place. <laughs> Mark's in Greenvale. Good afternoon to you, mate. <laughs> Marky Mark. Mark wanted to talk about athletics. I don't really want to talk Hello. about... I think he, wonder, he may be giving us a call on an STD line. It's just taking a little bit longer to get through. Crook. <laughs> Mark, That's what it used it, to do. It used do. to make a noise. Thank you, Andy. Do, 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 do. Hello. Hello, oh, Mark. Hello, we've got you. Hello. <laughs> um, I've heard you talking about, um, like we've talked about cricket, we've talked about basketball, mm-hmm. but we're, and we've talked about AFL. We're in the ma- middle of athletic season, and in three weeks, the fastest runner outside of Usain Bolt to visit Australia's shores, Fred Curley, is coming. Huge. He runs a 9.76100. Wow. Murray seat. Mm. I recommend everybody in Melbourne buy a ticket and get along because you might not see anybody of this calibre run in Australia and for a long, great. long time. And the problem is, Mark, if you get a bit of dust mm. in your eye as the gun goes off, you might not even see him run because it'll be over that Where, quick. Oh, there's got a wind change and you've got a bit of dust in your eye. Before you get it out... Yeah, he's race is all already over. Nine and a half seconds. Hey, Mark, where is... Uh, just I, You broke up there a little bit. Where is the event going to be staged? The event's going to be at Lakeside Stadium. Mm. It's on... Thursday the 23rd, you can mm. buy tickets online. I can't remember if it's Ticketmaster or Ticket Tech that's selling it. Right. But as I said, I highly recommend people get there. Now, the other thing is this is classified as a gold-class event. Yep. The runners are running for points, so there ain't no show running here. People are coming to perform. 
Beautiful, Mark. Love it. Love it. Love Maybe everything we can about do it. the show from down there on that day. Oh, Let's like. go down there and do the show. Well, Dave Colbert can make that happen for us, couldn't he? Oh, he would sort of speak to the local pollies and make that happen for us. Yeah, I, I don't know whether his team's in. Uh, <laughs> has, uh, he's he can have a word well to the minister the for sport. He can have a word to Dan, and uh, Dave will be part of those conversations. <laughs> and away we go. Yeah. <laughs> Based on my oh, understanding, hey, what's going on with Peter Peter Bowl? By the way, that's the big story oh, in well, athletics. Huge, and there've actually been some uh, information that actually throws a bit of light on the circumstances. And he hasn't perhaps, been charged with anything yet. Well, no, no drug test has been levelled against him. Yes, he has. He got positive. No, there have been no drug charges levelled against him at this stage. He's a sample tested positive, but mm. I read a story in The Age today. It might have been mm. the Sydney Morning one of the Fairfax uh, mastheads, mm. and it said, as we sit here right now, he has been charged yes. with nothing. No. Well, yes, he has, hasn't he? I don't, well, I just, well, here's I'll the find thing, it, though, I'll Andy. find it during the ad break. I know. There's been some information come oh, from the scientists. We've just got to keep talking. The scientists out there. That, no, uh, I don't think I'll get through this. No, you will. But apparently the EPO that, that, that was in his system is a natural hormone and he was on the such the lower end of the scale mm. that he's not completely inconceivable that he actually is um oh, it's not inconceivable off. that yep. he that it's just it was a natural thing. It wasn't a phone, it was a watch. By the way How do you stop that? By the way, kids, if you don't go EPO well, we don't, don't know you. if Peter no, no, Bowles anyone. done it. No, no, I'm just talking generally now. Forget about Peter Bowles. Right. No one. EPO's no good. If you've seen, there's a documentary about that Spanish uh, psych. It, the more you know about EPO, I mean, you have to be mm. really desperate. And I know back in the 90s it was everywhere. You have to be, this thing is no good for mm. you. Like, no good. And the, the, only the way, potential for it to mm. create significant issues. Problems, yeah. Whew. Well, the, the only way you can take it, too, is injecting. So it's it's a nasty, nasty process, which fortunately, it's been a long time since I've heard someone yes. coming and testing for EPO. That's correct. There's been other stuff that we've never heard of that no. they go, well, this is a banned substance. but Mandrolone. <laughs> is that the one? Oh, I don't know. It's one. Right. Give me another one. I don't know. Okay. I cannot even name them. Testosterone. No, I think you, blokes well, have testosterone. Oh, have, there's yeah. a certain level. Correct. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't, oh, know. I don't know. I don't know either. But there's no ad break, so we keep pushing on. Jono's on the road. <laughs> Nothing wrong with you, Sandy. I there's love a, the oh, Actually, I don't mind it either. Feels like we're on the ABC. We've well, no, got nine no, minutes to go. Seven, Hello, Yatesy. Where are you? We need you, mate. Seven cents a day for us. That's money well spent, I would have yes. thought. Jono, good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, and may I just say that King Island is fantastic for many reasons. Golf is one, then you've got surfing, and then when you finish, you've got surfing. some lovely cheese to get you oh, get yeah. around on that. John O, and, um, magnificent. John O, is there a surf beach down there as plenty, well, is there? Plenty, Mate, there is. Uh, every day is offshore somewhere in King Island, I'll tell you that. That's a very good they, point. Do they have the flags out, though? Do they have enough people no. down there that you can... No, sir. Well, I'm not Unpa- going out. Unpatrolled beaches well, down there. Don't recommend people go there, then. If there's no flags, that's highly dangerous. Oh. If you're a proficient surfer, I'd say go for it because okay. it's um, some beautiful breaks there. But um, okay. in relation okay. to the equalisation thing, it's an investment for our future. Just like we were talking about West Coast, I remember as a young fella when West Coast first came in and people were saying they won't survive, they're in the middle of nowhere, and look at them today. Now, why can't we apply that same lens towards two new clubs that are coming into the competition to spread the great game that we love so much? Spot on. So it's a great investment, and that's all I've got to say. 
Hey, John, I don't know how much thought you'd given to this, but have you got a an optimum number of teams in the competition? I think that Tassie and the Northern Territory, once it gets uh, a bigger populace, is, uh, I think, the sweet spot. But this country keeps growing. And it'd be small-minded of us to think that there needs to be a, a, a roof or a ceiling for the great competition that we love so much. I think, I think you're right. I, I'm, 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 I I'm absolutely call. committed to 20 teams. If I was the CEO of the AFL or the chairman of the commission... Everyone play everyone once? Yep, that absolutely right. Small market teams, mid-sized teams, big market teams. Uh, it, it makes the competition richer because of the mm. diversity and the difference. We don't want everyone being the same. I, I no. am all for that. Mm. And I'd be making that an absolute priority if I was uh, in charge of the future of this game. Mm. 20, everyone plays it. But you need, here? you need to get oh, proportional increase yeah, in revenue, 45, Andy. 54, 45, I. Oh, that's Incredible. a great result. We've actually left people. Hey, to Huey and Alex, feel terrible. We're going to hey. leave you on the cutting room floor. Who wins the driver? Um, I've just got to check with the boys outside. My, I'm going to go with... Foz in Lee and Gatha. Foz in Lee and Gatha, you're going to be hitting the new uh, Callaway driver. They're not finishing the show with the chisel and you've got on a chance. Hey? All over. Oh, that is extraordinary. I need to grab them before you do. Have a great weekend, everyone. Mm-hmm. Bye for now. Just relax on the chisels a little bit. <laughs>